0: we t-
1: Criterion Creeps Podcast. I'm Jared Duncan. RJ Baylog, And we're just two guys who have no other choice now to creep our way through the Criterion Collection one spine number at a time in order of release. This week, we're rolling bodies up and throwing them off bridges as we watch Mm -hmm. Spine 165 in the Criterion Collection, Man Bites Dog from 1992, directed by Remy Bavou, Andrew Bonzel, and Benoit Povard. But first, RJ, feels like I've uh, been looking at your face all day long.
2: Yeah, and frankly, nobody cares, Jarrett. Nobody cares about what we do in our private lives and whether or not we Mm. hung out before the podcast. But uh, here's what I say. Nobody cares how how your week has been. Nobody gives a shit about my week. So why don't we just run right into it? All right then. Because this could be a record-setting episode.
1: Record-setting.
2: Record-setting. Have you heard that been used lately?
1: Never to be surpassed ever again.
2: Yeah, it'll be a record that probably all, won't be beaten in all metrics. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, we did not break any records in our email count. Ooh, did we get any? We did. We did. Oh, okay. But we got, That's good. But a mere three compared to like our uh, four of
2: recent dates. Well, I mean, they they can't all be record setters. But I'm I'm glad we get any. Mm-hmm. To be very honest, remember that week we didn't get any. Remember how bad that was? I remember there's there's been
1: weeks like that. Then we got yep. that then we got that bowl rolling.
2: Really makes you uh bowl. feel feel pretty pathetic. <laughs> yeah. You know? Well, I anyway. I, I don't
1: need any help in that department.
2: I know. No. You shouldn't.
1: So, first up, mm. we got mm-hmm. Jackson from Washington writing in once Jackson. again.
2: Ah, he is become a regular. He has. He's part of the mm-hmm.
1: J the J Club, it looks like. What is what what does that mean? Name's the beginning of Jay. Oh, I listen to don't, this this podcast. Don't do that recommendations and repurposing. Hey, creeps. Great job in the last episode. I always love the chunky three hour episodes and it was all great content. Aside from you guys shitting
2: on why the last man. Uh, I've never read that. So I have no, uh, I have no input on that, but I did meet Pia. Guerrera. Guerrera. Guerrera? I met her one time in real life. She seemed like a nice lady.
1: I met her too. Uh, I got her to draw a bear and uh, at a convention. Why a bear? I don't know. I think bears are fun. They're like what
2: kind, like a grizzly bear or like a teddy bear? Uh
1: like a grizzly bear and not like bears but um okay. She drew like a bear fishing. A little mm. little
2: fishing hat and stuff. It was do really you get awesome. All, for all your commissions, do you get bears for everything? Yeah. Yeah, see, I actually I kind of uh I I support that approach too because I get the same character by everyone. Uh I even have an original Jarrett Duncan of said character, so. Mhm. I like that approach. Yeah. But anyways, wait, what were we talking about? Oh yeah, Jackson. In
1: finding those obscure shot-on video horror movies and other hidden gems, mm-hmm. what are your favorite resources for recommendations? Ooh. Well, uh for me, uh mm-hmm. letter, Letterboxd has been very helpful. Um there's like yeah. quite a group of horror fans that were really delving into the shot-on video things. Mm-hmm. Um I'm trying to remember what specific resources I was using. But, yeah, there's, like, great lists that I've just found. There's a book that just came out um, that I have not bought yet called, like, Analog Horror. And it mm-hmm. it it, it, it's, it claims that it covers every single shot on video horror movie from, like, 1986 to 1993. Pretty um, big claim. Pretty exhaustive. Um, and someone has made a list of that whole thing. So, yeah, mm-hmm. lists. That's what Letterboxd is all about for me. Mm-hmm. And and then RJ uh, just, uh, he he watches the ones that I say, RJ, watch this one, because who daddy?
2: Yeah, I was going to say Jarrett usually is the uh, the spearhead of uh, where I find certain gems. Or, uh, as people have noted before, a lot of the times I'll watch a movie and I'll be like, I don't know why the hell I watched this. It was on a watch list. I don't remember <laughs> how it got there, yeah. but I w- for some reason I thought I would be into it, and then I wasn't. Yeah, like Orloff, the mad mutilator. Yeah, I don't, I don't know where I find these movies, Jarrett. Me, I really don't. Well, some of them are you, but like, would you have recommended that to me? Mm. Because every now and then, though, I'll ask you for a movie, and you'll be like, "I don't think you're gonna like this," but yeah. I'll give it to you anyway. Well, so they're not all recommended by you. Yeah, I try
1: not to editorialize. I try not to give you a headline that says opinion in it.
2: Oh, I I, I I'll
1: let you make your own decisions.
2: You don't want you don't want your bias to, or your opinion to bias in my opinion. Yeah. Well, I don't give a shit what you think, anyways. I like it to
1: keep it nice, nice and clean.
2: How do you like them? Apples? No. Them. See? You're the one making biases now. Jackson
1: continues. Also, oh. are you aware of Orson Welles' Don Quixote, which was left unfinished following Welles' death? None other than creep favorite, Jesus Franco, went on Ooh. to finish the project. Seems like it could be right up your alley. Keep up the good work, Jackson. Jackson. Uh, thanks Jackson for the email. Yeah. I'm, mm-hmm. Yeah. It's an interesting thing and people kind of hang a lot on it that, uh, uh old Jess Franco was a, a, cohort of Orson Welles kind of in that mm-hmm. like funky 50s, 60s era. Um, he was just like doing some assistant directing, kind of probably learning a little bit of his own film craft from the master, Mr. Wells. Mm-hmm. <laughs> doesn't, doesn't me just saying that to you RJ, just make you tr-
2: churn your stomach. Just, ugh. I don't listen when you talk. That's fair. Did you, did you think I, did you want us um, what? <laughs> Anyways,
1: what? uh, yeah, I remember reading a little bit about that. I've got a couple books on that, Franco, mm-hmm. but yeah, there's definitely some times when you're watching a Franco movie where there's some very, uh, Wellesian editing. Huh? Well, what does, uh, Wellesian.
2: What does that mean? I don't know. I'm just trying to get a reaction from this like dead fish over here. Who, Me? yeah jared i don't give a shit what you talk about i well to be fair actually i don't really know anything about this orson wells thing but i assumed you did mm-hmm. so i was like i'll just let him talk yeah you know i know you're all about talking when it we're together this jam- guy can't ring. just just chammer in a just can't get a word in edgewise always interrupting me when i am making a point or just even having any statement Justin Peterson And then also in. interrupting me. <laughs> is that any given time? Uh, Justin Peterson. Mm-hmm. He writes mm-hmm.
1: in an email. Mm-hmm. He, check in with the creeps. Ooh. Hey, guys. I hope you fellows are having a great week of life and watching movies. A couple <laughs> questions for you. Number one, mm-hmm. as a kid, can you recall the first movie you saw that you did not enjoy? For me, it was We're Back, A Dinosaur Story.
2: Oh, yeah. Hold the phone. <laughs> that's an awesome movie. I remember being really odd, creepy, and rushed. Uh, it's definitely creepy, but uh, I don't know. I think that movie's incredible. So I think we're going to have to differ on that a little bit. But continue.
1: Uh, that's that's the question, RJ. Do you got any? Oh, he had mind? nothing else? Well, no, he's got more questions, uh, but we'll go one by one here.
2: Do you have something offhand? Because it's going um, Ameri- you know, to... American
1: you know. Tale. Bible Goes if, West? No, the one bef- the first one. Oh. I my, um, my parents bought that for me and I remember being like, oh cool. And then watching it being like, this is really boring. I hate mm-hmm. five. This is just like not f- interesting. Make mine land before
2: time. That's all I'm gonna say. Land before time? That's pretty good. Yeah. Uh I'm trying to check out cause I don't get these questions ahead of time, so I'm I don't really know anything offhand. But I was just looking at my one stars and I was trying to find the earliest one-star movie ha- I have, and it looks like it could have been Adventures of Pluto Nash with uh, Eddie Murphy. I was 12 when it came out, so I, I guess that? Uh, I don't know. I- I- I'll i have to think about it, Jared. Okay. Well, you-,
1: you got all episode, and then, oh, that, then the okay. door closes on that
2: forever. Okay, that's fair.
1: Second question. Mm-hmm. If you could pick the genre of the next film one of your favorite filmmakers make, Dead or Alive... What mm. would it be and who would make it? I Nolan, no one horror movie. <laughs> Easy. I would like to see Paul Thomas Anderson, Anderson direct a sci-fi like well he did well Paul w- Paul W.S. Anderson did with Event oh, Horizon that's true. but um hmm I don't know. I, I kind of like, like I like directors who just uh surprise me, you know. That let, surprise you? Let let them uh, set the tempo. I guess. What else surprises you, Jarrett? Um, come on. Th- how disappointing people can be! It always surprises me how disappointing people can be.
2: What do you mean? Like if they don't have an answer to a question <laughs> that they were just asked offhand? Yeah. Well, I'm looking okay. I can't. I don't. I don't have it all up in my brain. That big, beautiful brain? Big, beautiful brain. Yeah, okay. Well, that was my answer. I was... Yeah, Chris Nolan should do a horror movie. Not a giallo. I feel like... (laughs) A giallo. I feel like that would be too easy. Something like... I don't know. Aliens? (laughs) Like an abduction (laughs) movie? (laughs) with, With, like, the vein of Big Daddy starring Adam Sandler? Something like that. Hmm. I
1: feel like this question is like a young man's question. For that one, yeah, like back, like yeah. that's like when you do, like you have more time to like do fantasy booking and like think about mm. like directors and they're like, man, this guy should really make something like blank. Even like mm-hmm. in Dead, I'm just like, where would you begin with that? I guess like I wish Stanley Point. Kubrick just was alive and making movies still because uh, you look at his track record, he had uh, quite the quite the stint. It
2: would have been cool if Stanley Kubrick made a romantic comedy. What like Lolita? No, like I'm. Shut up. <laughs> don't, don't be weird, Jarrett. <laughs> um, actually, you know what could have happened? Uh, I wish Mel Gibson got to make his uh, Viking movie with uh, Leonardo DiCaprio. That thing would have been awesome. Or his um the Maccabees movie. The Maccabees or uh, Passion of the Christ too. That also sounds wicked. So, yeah. I don't know. Just Mel Gibson is my answer. <laughs>
1: Wow, there you go. Uh, uh-huh. Number three, which one of these perverse filmmakers do you like the most? Oh, Gaspar Noé, mm-hmm. Michael Haneke, or Lars Von Trier? Mm-hmm. All of RJ's favorites. I don't even think you've seen a Gaspar Noé film, but uh, is that what he said? Yeah.
2: Uh, yeah, I don't like any of those guys. Yeah, yeah, you've never seen Gaspar Noé, but uh, I, I'm pretty sure I know what his deal is. Yeah,
1: these aren't RJ movies. Um, no but Justin would go with Lars. And I look forward to hearing what RJ thinks of one of his best films, Breaking the Waves.
2: Uh, as do Ta- I, I. Well, guess. when is that? Like six, seven yeah, years that's, from now? That's, that's a long ways away from now. Do you think I would like Gaspar Noy? No. He sounds like a uh, Panos Cosmodios type guy.
1: A little bit. Yeah, I, don't, I can't imagine you uh, being super into uh, Enter the Void or
2: Irreversible. What about Sodomites? That looks like a good show. That was a fun. That was fun. That's a uh, leather-clad men. Ooh, that sounds like a Jarrett pick. <laughs> hmm As a Minotaur enters, oh, my God. Yep. This is a Jarrett pick, isn't it? <laughs> I've seen it. I-, I logged it not that long ago, I guess. Well, did
1: you? Uh, of the prefer- so of these dudes, uh, Lars von sure is definitely my dude of these three.
2: Uh, I would say n- none. Yeah, none for you for sure. Hey, I don't think you have Sodomites Log. Oh no, wait! This is a short. It's seven minutes. Yeah. Is there a movie version and a short version? Mm, I think I watched it. Like I, uh-huh.
1: I was kind of filling in those little gaps, and maybe I'm thinking of another short. Well, uh, that's your fi- finally, number four. Uh huh. Have you guys seen Shazam yet? I don't get why all Mm -hmm. these web reviewers critics who typically bash all the popular movies were in love with it. I mean, it was fun, but the whole premise of, hey, look at me, I am a superhero, became really obnoxious after a while. Maybe they're just compensating after trashing all the dark and serious DCEU films, because that was trendy. Uh, Uh,
2: I I think that's probably accurate. No, I haven't seen it, and uh, I I think his his, uh, take on that's probably right. Um, I think uh, Aquaman might be coming to crave soon so i'll watch that when it comes i'll watch shazam when it comes out on vod i don't know i'm getting unless i i I do mention some movies i get kind of drugged dragged along to but neither of those were one of them and i think they're out of like well aquaman's out of the theater so i don't know what it is maybe it is it's just people are like well let's give them a break this time yeah it's a kid's movie though right it's kind
1: of kid-ish, even though it's supposedly dark still. Dark. It's, got some, it's got some stuff, Eric. Oh, I don't know if I'd want to see a, have a kids seeing that, but I don't have kids. Have kids, kids seeing what? I don't know. What are you talking Sh- about Shazam's penis? I don't know.
2: Does he show it? Full dick? Uh, uh That would be spoilers, I guess. Oh. Well, whatever. We're not about spoiling movies. No. Yeah. Have a good week and make sure you split those few bucks I sent you on Patreon. <laughs> Um, I, I've never seen a single, a a hot red cent of that money. So, uh, if anyone would like to, you can send me e-transfer personally. Uh, I wouldn't send it to Jared. E-transfer me. Uh, if you don't know what e-transfer is, I would like to ask which country you live in because I know Oliver was like, what's e-transfer? And I was like, really? You guys don't have that there? But it is the superior method of electronic transferring of currency. So, um... Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, I didn't get any money. (laughs) Not at all.
1: Later, guys, Justin. Thanks, Justin. And finally, RJ. Uh Uh-huh. Coming in in under the wire, Frank Solano. Ooh. With an email header. Seems very sad. Another dream turned to dust.
2: Oh, what happened now?
1: So, creeps, this this week hasn't gone in my favor. Remember those promising remarks I made about finally finding a way of making my very own film? Well, mm. it looks like those dreams have crumbled yet again. And of course, by consequences of things beyond my control. In fact, not even on my end of things. So yeah. I'd like to ask, have you guys had to deal with this failure before? You're working hard on something and then your business partner comes along and kicks down your Lego tower. Does that sound <laughs> familiar?
2: Um, not really, because I don't... A really easy way to avoid failure is to avoid attempting anything. So I've never really tried.
1: It's that real Homer Simpson line of thinking.
2: Yeah. It, you, can't fa- you can't fail if you don't try. Right? Yeah. Right <laughs> I um, don't know. I I've never tried anything uh any creative endeavors with anyone, so I can't speak to that.
1: Frank continues. I guess I'm mostly asking RJ, considering Jarrett's already <laughs> made uh, a hit, including the greatest film ever ne- never seen, Capes. Though it seems that director Jay <sighs> Duncan hasn't worked out on any film since then. Why Jarrett? I'd like to pr- propose a sequel since they're all the rage these days. <laughs> that's true maybe a reboot a reboot yeah
2: yeah because people seem to like reboots quite a bit yeah
1: yeah there was uh kevin smith is
2: rebooting all his stuff um he sure is you're the kevin smith of this podcast oh god
1: uh yeah Uh i don't know uh my advice on that whole front is to not necessarily rely on people do things under your own Mm -hmm. control have the means of production that you have and can use at your own disposal but mm, unfortunately mm-hmm. film is also a collaborative medium and uh, you have to be able to work with people and rely on them which sucks allegedly it's, it's a it's a tough business allegedly
2: allegedly uh, yeah I have no I have no experience in that so I can't speak to it at all
1: Before I go, I would like to say that the highlight of my week was the Solaris episode. Mm. I want to congratulate you guys on an awesome episode with Oliver. He did an amazing job, and you guys did your regular shindig, and it was great. Round of applause. Now I'll be applauding how to make my next appearance the most spectacular podcast episode to ever exist. Also, I can't wait to hear RJ's Mm. thoughts on Swinton's penis. Have a good one, dudes.
2: Oh, no. Well, we're going to talk about it. We sure are. We sure are. Yeah. Well, yeah, nice to hear from uh, the two J's and the F. Yep. Yeah. Is that what? That, that sounds like a internet video. Two J's and an F? Yeah. What do you mean? I don't know. What do you mean, Jarrett? I, I don't know. Good Lord. Well, yeah, it's uh, nice emailing. Yeah, and uh, Oliver did go- do a good job. He did. And no email from him. That's probably fine. He probably is like kind of regretting coming on here and talking to, to us and wasting uh like over 3 hours of his life <laughs> which is our every every day, every week. Mhm. Yeah. It's pretty sad that you and me have no future now. <laughs> you know? It's
1: true, it's true.
2: Not that we were destined for good great things or anything, but like maybe we could have did even little. like good things. <laughs> Yeah, just good things. Fine, fine yeah. things, yeah. It, it's like you just hope someone would be like, hey, they, they did pretty good. But now it's just like, oh, what do they do? Oh, they have a podcast. Oh, yeah. How many people listen? Oh, like five or six, you say. Terrific. 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 Yeah.
1: Well, RJ, I don't what? know. This These emails, they, they left hmm. me like, kind of like bummed out. They left you wanting? Left low energy. I don't know. Oh, energy. Yeah, that's where I'm feeling right now. So let's uh, try to turn that boat around. Okay. RJ, Mm -hmm. what have you been creeping on this week?
2: I got a few things for you. Jared, you ever heard of a movie called Tim from 1979? Yeah. So Tim, Jared, is a movie with my my main man, the fallen son, Mel Gibson. Uh, We got Mel. We got Piper Laurie. Uh, This came out the same year as Mad Max. So this was when Mel Gibson was hot, hot, hot. Uh, This little ditty uh, has Mel Gibson playing a 20-something, quote, mentally retarded person, end quote, uh, and he is a laborer. Uh, Piper Laurie is an old single bird, and she needs a lot of work done on her house. She gets Mel Gibson. She sees him. He's always wearing tank tops and super short shorts. Uh, his first task is to uh, wash out her bushes. Uh, they've been Ooh. real. T- uh-huh. Uh huh. There's claims that they are dusty, so he goes and washes out the bushes. He starts helping out a little bit more around the house. Uh, she brings him to her beach house. She likes his young, playful demeanor. Uh, he likes her because he is slow, uh, and he just likes because an- she's nice to him. So he likes her because she's nice. Uh, he lives with his parents. Uh, his parents are like cool with it But his sister's a real bitch She's like hey old Old bitch you're just using him for his hot Hot body because he's real young But he doesn't know what he's doing So the movie is like Kind of a, a playoff between Like Is it is it okay Jarrett that they're in love <laughs> Because she's old And he is mentally slow What do you think What's your take on that <laughs> Uh what I, is I, your take on I'm that, Jared? I'm trying to imagine
1: this movie being made today. Who would star in this movie? What's your dream cast? Hmm. Who's who's the hot toddy of the day?
2: Ah, uh, Kumal Nandhani, <laughs> <laughs> maybe. Maybe. I don't know. You could get like that guy who played played Tywin Lannister in Game of Thrones. The old guy. Oh. Anyways, uh, so I watched this movie Tim uh, because I had my main man Mill in it. Uh, there's lots of shots of him in like shorts and uh, some pretty hot abs throughout. Uh, so it was pretty fun. This thing is horrible quality. It's on Amazon Prime, and it it looks like it was shot on on video. Uh, it probably was, right? Hmm. Doubtful. It's pretty, it's super grainy and the audio is really bad. Like it is, uh, it's pretty poor. quality. Well, it's, it's probably off of VHS tape, but I'm yeah. assuming it was shot on film. But then they didn't have it anymore. So someone reported well, yeah, it no on their no, TV yeah, and no, then no, no, no that's one, the only copy that yeah. exists. Yeah, no one's spent any money to restore Tim. Tim? Well, that's okay. Anyways, I watched it and now it's on the podcast forever. Hooray. Uh, Hey, I I watched another movie that was actually really good. I watched this movie called Thunder Road by Jim Cummings. Have you heard of Thunder Road, Jerry? Only that you and a few other people have seen it and are all holding it in high regard. Uh, Yeah, it's really good. Uh, I liked it a lot. I think you would, like, um, by the end of it, I think you would like it quite a bit. I think at the start, it can be a little... um, It throws you off a little bit because you at least for me, like I saw the trailer to it and I thought it was going to be one thing. And then it's a little bit lighter than I I had expected it to be like, it's not a comedy by any, any means, but, uh, it, uh, it was a little more playful in their execution of this really sad, pathetic man. Uh, this is a Jarrett pick for sure because it falls into the realm of sad bastard loser cinema. So you have this guy. Uh, so Jim Cummings d- wrote, directed it, and he's the star. He is a uh, policeman in a small southern state town and uh, his mom dies. And at the same time, his uh, wife earlier in the year divorced him and is trying to, to take custody of their daughter so the movie starts at his mom's funeral and he is not in a great place jared and he's kind of handling his grief in a uh, unique ways uh like his mom w- had a dance studio and she loved dance so his tribute to his mom is that he does like a dance for her but it's interpreted by the crowd to be inappropriate i guess you would say so he does that and then he's dealing with his daughter who is – she's like a 12-year-old or, or – not 12, like 10. She's in grade four, they say. But she's starting to turn into her uh, her mom, like the ex-wife who is I – would, I would call southern trash. Like she's always walking around <laughs> smoking cigarettes talking about like – I don't know, getting lit and, uh, you know, turned up and stuff like that. So his daughter shows up wearing makeup all the time and uh, he gets a call into the school because his daughter was talking about blowjobs and reach arounds and stuff like that in grade four. Uh, the teacher, actually, uh, a nice guest appearance by uh, Oliver Granger's favorite actor, Macon Blair. He makes an appearance and he does still look like somebody's friend who's not quite an actor. Uh, But he was a pretty convincing uh, fourth grade teacher. He did a good job. So he's our main guy. He's dealing with this and then his mom. And then uh, stuff kind of starts to happen at work and he's a little unhinged. And then uh, tensions rise, I guess, between him and his fellow officers and his boss and then his family life. So dude goes through kind of a breakdown. Uh, I thought this movie was really good. Uh, I would classify this as a, a man weepy, as I've mentioned a little bit before. Mm-hmm. Um, I think near the end of it, uh, I think it it actually uh, does a really good job at wrapping things up. I could see some people not liking the ending. Like, it's not a big thing or anything. Like, it feels like a natural ending to it. But I could see some people not being on board. And then, like I said, it is a little bit... um. It's a little more playful and a little lighter than I had expected. Because if you watch the trailer, you're like, whoa, this is serious shit. Uh, and, it, and it does still nail or er, have that in there. But um, yeah, uh, this guy, I, he was a really good actor in this. He's he's a mix between Mel Gibson and Tim and uh, Farva from Super Troopers, I guess. Uh, okay. But also like he's kind of like he's kind of slow, but he also he's like a good guy. Farva wasn't a good guy, I guess, but Tim was. Um, so I don't know. It's kind of hard to describe that aspect of it, but it's good. It's a really good show. I think you would like it. I have it on my watch list. I don't know if you would, uh, like, blow your dick off like it or anything like that, but I do think you'd be like, yeah, that was good. I'm glad I watched it. You know what I mean, Jared? Sure.
1: Yeah. I. I. I but this this could also wind up being like uh, that Bixby Bear type of deal. Mm. Brigsby Bear.
2: Yeah, but you liked Brigsby Bear before.
1: I You watched it before I watched You
2: love that movie. Yeah, but uh, was... that wasn't me recommending it to you. No. So I, this is a legitimate recommendation that I think you should watch. Um, when should you watch it? I don't know. Uh, the other thing that's pretty cool is I think Andrew was looking it up and the movie was made for some crazy small amount of money, like $20,000 or something like that. And it looks great. Like uh, it looks really good. the The big thing I think is there's an absence of music, but I think it's intentional because uh, music plays at, like, it opens the movie yeah. and ends the so movie, and t- it is kind of like a point in the movie. It's not to be
1: confused with the short film, right? Because there's like the short film that he made for of this. the same name. Yeah,
2: yeah. Uh, I yeah I haven't seen that. I assume it's probably like the character yeah. doing something. I wonder but if that uh, was maybe
1: shot for twenty thousand dollars.
2: Oh, maybe. Yeah. Uh, maybe she could I be. Don't
1: wrong. Know. I don't know. It could be just like it's the exact same title.
2: Yeah, yeah. She, I don't know, but the, it's good. I, I think this played at festivals last year and won over a lot of people. Cool. So Jarrett. Yeah. Do you want to hear about Avengers Endgame?
1: Well, tell me uh, about how it was right about Beyond the Walls.
2: Ah, uh, okay. So Beyond the Walls is a little French ditty from a couple years ago from a man named Herv Hadmar. Uh, I don't know what that <laughs> means in French. Uh, but d- when did you talk about Beyond the Walls? Was it on a ghoul school? Uh, or it was like in the fall. Proper? S- sometime in the fall. Okay, so Beyond the Walls is like a French miniseries. It's three 45-minute episodes. So it's like a two-and-a-half-hour movie, pretty much. Uh, I watched this from Shudder. Uh, it's awesome. Uh, I really enjoyed this thing. It's kind of like when I was watching it, it really reminded me of um, Silent Hill, the video game. Yeah, like the dipping into like how some of the the horrors manifest themselves and the confusion and like being lost. So I guess the recap is a girl inherits this old spooky house and she sees some wallpaper that's like tearing and she opens it and there's a hole and she goes through the hole. And then I don't know, did you say like what happened
1: or? Well, she kind of investigates and re- and finds out that there's this like entire Plane of existence that is like a house that continues on and on and on, mm-hmm. where like other people have wound up and lost souls, and it just kind of uh she finds another uh, man who's also been trapped, been trapped in the and, house been there for some time, and mm-hmm. uh it's just kind of about getting out and why it's not easy to get out.
2: Yeah, so that's uh, like that's what I meant when it, I like Silent Hill, maybe. Resident Evil type stuff where um, it is like it's just this huge I really like the layout of it where it's kind of this huge labyrinth maze where the guy's like I've never really been in the same room twice and he's like kind of mapping it out and every time he goes into a different room or goes into a room it leads to a different like hallway with different rooms and stuff like that and uh, it's just like they can't get out but then also while they're there there are these other forces at play Uh, like they they um they come about like other people. I think the first one is like uh done really well where she f- see, first sees another like uh entity in the house, the yeah. the presentation of that guy yeah. and like how kind of slow and quiet he is. It's awesome. I I really liked that guy. I wish like there the, was more of
1: him. That's kind of like the the minotaur man, right? Yeah,
2: yeah, okay. so he's he's like a minotaur, but uh the way it's like presented is awesome because she's walking and she just stops and like gasps. And then the camera pans and it's not like it's not something fast that happens. It just shows him kind of slowly walking out of the shadows and he's just slowly walking to her and he kind of gestures like, come here. Like with his hands, he like opens them up. He's like, Mm -hmm. and uh, I really like that. Um, I thought it it was real spooky. It was real spook city, Jarrett, And, you know, I'm all about the spooks. Mm -hmm. So uh, that was awesome. I wish there was more of him, to be honest, because then it does transition into other kind of lost souls and people who have like kind of abandoned life inside the house Uh, but i i like the way that they handle that too and um kind of the the mythos they give that like how those people were created i think it gives you i think this is really successful because it gives you enough answers but not everything so it kind of like tells you about like how people have come into the house and then what some of the people are doing now that they're in there, Mm -hmm. but it doesn't really, it doesn't give you too much about like, Oh, this is why the rooms change or like, this is what that thing is, or this is how it works. Exactly. Yeah. So I think, I think it handles that. It's a really good balance between like giving some answers, but not everything. Yeah. It's good. Yeah. Beyond the walls is really good. I would It's like a three episode,
1: the French TV miniseries from five years from 2016. If yeah, 2016. Yeah.
2: Yeah, and it's only two and a half hours. So, like, if, like if almost, someone wanted to, uh, you pop it on. Whatever.
1: On Shudder now. And, yep. uh, yeah, like, almost like no one I follow uh, has watched it. And
2: yep. know, it's pr- and, pretty good. Yeah, it's really good. It's real spooky. And it even has, like, a really nice, like, personal relationship story in there. I thought it, I thought the, um, like, the way they resolved that, I thought it was really nice. I was like, oh, that's nice. Mm-hmm. What, what, a, what, what a good way to end that, you know? Yeah. Yeah. yeah so beyond beyond the walls is pretty pretty rad so what do you want to hear about now Jarrett? end game the end game hey well we're in the end game jared so this is a movie uh that's breaking all the records the record and it'll never be broken again never, that record ever, never ever be, ever again. ever ever be b- broken again ever 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 until capes comes out to uh major theaters maybe but uh We can all we can all hope. Um, So I went to this Avengers movie. I was brought along by some people. I went to a 1030 showing. I was out of the theater like after 130. Uh, I should preface that that day we had like a weird out of season snowstorm. So I think that the theaters like had the heat on. But then it it was also like it's not really hot weather. It's just because we had snow that day. So like the heat was on but it wasn't everyone was hot breathing and you could smell like dank ass everywhere like it was disgusting it was horrible cuz and then the other thing is the movie's like over 3 hours long anyways anyways Avengers Endgame so this is allegedly what they've all been building up towards but you and me were talking earlier about how it feels like they just decided to go this route in the back end of all of these movies and not in the front like they didn't really have I don't think they had this all planned like even even four or five movies ago plans changed yeah plans changed changed. well you can tell in this because they they retconned like a ton of stuff which was like written in it it was the movie is about doing that it's like changing things that they're like uh maybe we shouldn't have done that let's change it we'll go back now and they open it up so i i think i was almost right on my predictions for this i kind of told you what i thought was going to happen um Oh, I guess I should say, if anyone's interested, I'm gonna spoil this thing, so you can jump ahead like ten minutes, maybe. Uh, so I thought that they were gonna do like time travel where they go back in time to and relive all their greatest hits, which is what endgame is about. I thought they were also going to, go ahead in time and then show like montage glimpses of other big comic story events while they had the big actors now. So it, that would have been like fan service to them. They didn't do that one, but uh, that's fine, whatever. So this movie is like the greatest hits of the last 10, 10 years where, so after the Thanos stuff, um, they're living like five years later Everyone's kind of used to it. And then uh, the lead character in this movie, Jarek, played by a um, uh, brown Norway rat, uh, walks across a board, opening up a portal to where Ant-Man has been stored away in the uh, the other realm or whatever it is, the quantum realm. Uh, so he's been in there. Uh, he's only been in there for five hours, but it's been like six years in real time. So he comes out. And he goes and he talks to all these guys and he's like, guess what? Time's different there. Maybe we can make a time machine. So, they, hey, hey, quiet down. I'm talking over here. I'm, I'm just, I'm already getting so emotional. Quiet, quiet down. I so, they I, make. Did, were people crying RJ in the theater? None that I saw. Uh, I didn't think there was anything like too emotional cry about. So, they like, they're going, they're like, all right, we can make a time machine. Here's our plan. We'll go back in time and we'll take the Infinity Stones before Thanos had them. And then we'll bring them all together, and then we'll do the snap thing. We'll bring everyone back, and then we'll go back in time and put them all back. And then that'll be it. It'll be done. So that's their plan, and it's with all the people who are left. Uh, We have um, Professor Hulk. He's in there now. We have super fat, big Lebowski Thor, which was probably the best part. Uh, And you have them, and they all kind of like – them going back in time, it is like a greatest hits thing where it's like, hey, remember, re- hey, Jarrett, remember the elevator scene in uh, Winter Soldier? Nope. No? Well, they do it again, <laughs> but this time it's a little different. And then, hey, Jarrett, remember the big battle at the end of the first Avengers? Uh, Yeah, it was horrible. Well, they do it again, but this time a little different. Nice. And then remember, it's like all, all that kind of stuff. So it's like they send each character to one of those big scenes from one of their last movies. But it's like in this one, Thor goes back with Rocket Raccoon and they're kind of like covertly back there. It was also a way that they could like give characters time in different costumes because when they go back in time, they're wearing like different like Rocket Raccoon is in a different costume and I don't know, whatever. So. Uh, I think this thing is uh, it's OK. Uh, it was actually better than I thought it would be because I thought Infinity War was total trash, which I mentioned on the show. I know a lot of people are turning on it now is what uh, you've pointed out. But uh, I think I was always like, yeah, that movie stinks. Um, this one's definitely better than I, I thought it would be uh, like the fat Thor is really good. Um, but I think it does come out of like downplay stuff sometimes because it'll be a scene that's very clearly meant to be played as serious and it'll be panning over people. And then it'll get to fat Thor and then everyone (laughs) will laugh because it's, it's funny. Like he, he is literally just the big Lebowski in this. Right. Um, so there's that. And then, uh, what was I even talking about? Yeah. Like there, there's good things like that. And, um, like some of the stuff I kind of like the way they were going with it, but it is at the same time, it's a lot of the problems I have with a good majority of the marvel movies um number one the russos cannot direct action at all i think that they are really horrible at showing like fight scenes and things like that where some people would be like but what about the winter soldier and it's like "Uh, i don't know about that um i think all the action is really bad uh the music and like the soundtrack score in these movies fucking sucks like, it always takes me out of it because it will be like a serious moment and then it will be like, boom, boom. That, that Seinfeld music comes in here. Oh, it does not. No, but the scores <laughs> do suck in these movies. <laughs> uh, yeah, and then – That's one thing I don't think –
1: I do remember people saying, about, oh, the Black Panther score is so amazing. Mm. Um, but, it's in here
2: for like two seconds.
1: Yeah. But uh, I, I remember listening to it like, it's just embarrassingly bad. And then it won an Academy Award Isn't it just or some drums? shit. No, it's it's not even it, the interstitial music in that. Ball. Yep. No, but you know what? In all the reviews of Avengers Endgame I've
2: read, not a single person has mentioned the music. So well, it sucks. Yeah, it's it's really horrible. If you ever watch it, you'd be like, this music stinks. Um, so there's that. Uh, this movie does like so. Like I understand the greatest hits thing. And it's some of them are like cute and you're like, oh, that's nice. But some of them are a little bit. You're like, all right, come on. Like, because it's like we're going to show you every single actor you've ever seen. Like Robert Redford is back digitally in this. You get Tony Stark's dad from Mad Men. He's in this fucking thing. Like they all come back for their own like little even if it's for like a one minute clip or whatever. Uh, And they're they do it so that they can like, it's like a highlight reel. This whole movie is a highlight reel, but it's also to retcon stuff. So like, I know you didn't see Thor Ragnarok, but in all the previews, it showed uh, my girl, Kate Blanchett, um, smashing Thor's hammer. So in this one, he goes back in time and he's like, ooh, I want my hammer back. So he calls it and then he gets it back and then he takes it with him to the future. So this movie also creates like a bunch of time travel paradox things where it's like, well, if he took it from before, and it's in the future now it's like how does that work and there, there's like a lot of things like that they're like well if if they go back and do this then how does it work later and they try to half ass explain it where they're like well if we don't like there's a scene where professor hulk is talking to tilda swinton about uh, and her, and her all, penis uh well she's bald in this one yeah. uh you don't see her penis in this one uh but She's talking to like Bald Tilda Swinton about uh, alternate timelines. And he's like, well, here's the thing. He's like, well, we'll bring them all back to the exact moment we took them. And she's like, well, that could work. And it's like, all right, I guess. But then they also do stuff like Thor takes his hammer. And it's like, so does, wouldn't that throw off like a lot of things? I don't know. It's It's kind of confusing, right? But the reason they do that is so that Thor's hammer exists now again in the real world. But it was also, Jared, oh my God, for the big scene when Captain America is wielding that hammer and he's using it and it's, and the crowd cheers and applauds. Uh, that's the other thing. This movie is fan service uh, 8000, uh, where it's like, I get it. It makes sense. People did want to see Captain America hold Thor's hammer, I guess. Uh, and they wanted to see certain characters like, Fulfill certain things that it's like. Is it ever gonna happen? Uh, there were some of them where I was like, I was like, yeah, that's good. And then there were some of them where I was kind of like, oh, that's is way too much. Uh, the wor- the one that I found like the most embarrassing, or I get not even embarrassing, but I was just like, ugh, gross. Is uh, the big climax at the end where everyone's back, uh, and then Captain America is fighting Thanos's army, and it seems impossible, uh, and then like. You just hear on his mic, he's like, Cap, I'm on your left, Uh, which doesn't make sense, number one, because it's like, who is talking to him from because what happens is Dr. Strange opens up a portal and every single Marvel character that's ever existed comes through it. So it's like that big poster scene where it's all the heroes. Mm -hmm. But it's like (laughs) you mean like like uh, Don Cheadle's badly photoshopped head? Oh yeah, exactly. So it's like they all come through, but it's kind of weird because it's like, how did the, his intercom work when they were on like a different planet? And because he, the portal's not made yet when he comes through. So, I don't, but it's it's all for that big moment where it's every every hero right fighting all the others. Uh, there's some other ones that are like kind of gross. Where uh, there's the there's like the Captain Marvel stuff where she's actually not in this movie a lot. She's got one of those talk to the manager haircuts in this, and um, very asymmetrical. Yeah, I feel like they overpowered her very obviously because she's not in this a lot because when she comes it's like she blows up all the ships and basically kills everyone. So it's like she's kind of the she's like, like the when Lear, she, she's
1: the Peter Parker.
2: Yeah, when she gets there it's like everything's done. But then and it's like it's so very obvious like when she enters the final battle battle, she blows up all the ships, but then they have a new infinity gauntlet and like Thanos is getting to it again, which is Equally retarded. <laughs> That's like you know when people used to say that, Jarrett.
1: Yeah, just like, I'm talking uh, about that
2: Tim stuff. Yeah, back in Mel Gibson's time. Back in Mel Gibson's times. Well, it's like, so she has it, and Thanos is like trying to get it again. It's like, are you? It's it's like, how can you play this up again? It's like you guys had it. Just take it and like be done with it so she's like trying to get it to iron man for some reason because she can't use it herself even though she's the most like the strongest so she's flying around and uh it's 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 like a thing from the first one or infinity war where they're like well she can't do it alone it's like well she very clearly could because she just blew up like half of the army by herself but it's her flying, and then, like, all the female characters come out, and they're like, she's not alone. And it's kind of like the female, uh, like, stance. And it's, it's like, I get it. That's, like, it's a nice image, and I understand the message. But it's, like, I don't really understand how this fits into this big battle scene. It's, like, how did they all get organized like that? How did they have the time, Jarrett? How did they have the time? RJ, you're just nitpicking. You're just, you're just, I am nitpicking, just, just but it's... Have, just have a good time, you know? But it's... But
1: that, but pat, even pat, your, pat yourself on the back and go, we did it. We did it. Me and Disney, well, we did it together.
2: Me and Marvel Studios, we're we're a team. The the thing I find so annoying is that like they they still upplay the Thanos stuff where it's like he could still get the like the gauntlet the glove and it's like what, why? And then I hate that like it's get it gets used twice more in this one and it's both snaps which I I feel like is really boring and uh not creative at all that the only way to use this thing is by snapping i think that's lame um this movie also has my i think my most hated trope uh and like lazy way to create conflict and stories ever Jerry, you know how i hate mind control body swaps and doppelgangers and women well, it is a it is a female character. So they do the uh, the doppelganger body swap uh, where it's like Nebula is good now, but she goes back in time and uh, she goes back to when Thanos is there and he finds out that they're doing this back in or like future thing. So they take future Nebula, send past Nebula, and then she is the reason that like Thanos' army can come back. And you're like, all right. Like, it's just, I don't know. I, I really don't like that because it's the only way that they could create the conflict where it's like all of the heroes fighting the whole army of villains. But it's like, so, but if that's what you have to rely on is like having a double, I don't know. I just don't like that. Jared. I don't like that. Okay. Okay. Jared. Uh, there's a lot of things that I think they get wrong. Like I think the most mishandled character ever is a Spider-Man in this. Uh, mm-hmm. Cause I, I think Tom Holland is pretty good there's this joke Jarrett, where in uh, in spider-man homecoming Iron Man makes spider-man the suit and like he doesn't know how to use it and it does this thing where it's like activating instant kill mode and his eyes go red and he's like oh no don't do that uh, so in this one he's like trying to web sling the glove around and uh, he gets like buried in uh, bad guys and spider-man our 15 year old lovable uh teenage hero who's morally guided and has a you know that strong constitution he's like activate instant kill and his suit just goes about like like blowing up everything that's near him and I was like I feel like see now I know that is a nitpick but I was like I feel like that's a weird thing for Spider-Man to do you know to kill people yeah to kill like indiscriminately killing hordes of people yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well they're they're aliens but well, still. Well that that's fine. It's fine when they're you, you, aliens. Yeah, you can kill aliens. Yeah, they're well, fine. I, I know they're that not, that's they're, why they they're use not they're not they're not like you and me. I know that's why they use aliens, but uh I just thought it was weird. I was like that's so weird that they would have Spider-Man just going around blasting dudes. Um so anyways, there there were things that I thought were fine. Uh and it was better than I had like I liked it more than I expected. But then there's There's just a lot of junk in there, too. Like, I don't know. Uh, I don't think there's any like everyone's talking about the emotional weight to this thing, but I don't really get it. Like, (laughs) like you, you get only two characters die. And the first one, it's like, it's like written off where I don't think you I don't think a single person in the theater gave a shit. They're like, hey, Black Widow, we're going to throw you off this cliff. It's like, all right. Like, I don't think anyone really cared, except that they try to build it up that Jeremy Renner's real, like, moody about it. And he's like, mm, mm. and that's another thing. Were, he goes around
1: worthless just like me.
2: Yeah, he this
1: whole movie, he he's wants going to bring, around he wants to bring back his family. Fun, he fun, wants fun fact, back folks, his... I have not seen yeah. this movie, but I know uh-huh. all about it and I don't care. But mm-hmm. uh, I understand if you care about it. It's fine. I just no, it's uh, fine. Like, I'm, I, I... I'm very much on record not caring about these movies yeah. and it's not for me. Clearly, it's for well, many others.
2: But. I know a lot of people like it, and I get it. Like, it does have night... It, it, it's got good stuff in it, and the fan service stuff, it's not all bad. Uh, I think some of it is pretty good. I'm just highlighting the negatives, because it doesn't seem like anyone is talking about negative stuff. Oh, they are. Every- they will. Oh, they
1: will. They will. They will. The, the backlash always comes, just like with Infinity yeah. War. Everybody loved Infinity War last year, and when said it, yeah. it, was, it was like the best of the Marvel movies, and now... Mm, I don't know hmm. and there's a lot of problems you're like wait 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 a minute hold the, mm-hmm. hold the phone and so when I'm seeing these uh the gross uh high star ratings for this film I'm like give it time folks and you'll come around just like me on that first Avengers movie where the first time I ever saw that I'm like this is terrible stuff and now people hmm. now watching go this is terrible it's like I don't know these types of movies, I don't think they age well. And I always mm-hmm. try to imagine myself watching these movies after the fact and just being like, mm. and I'm not perfect. Mm-hmm. I'm not trying to like toot my own horn. It's like, hey, I've, are you I've, tooting your own horn I've, over I've been, there? I've been caught up in lots of movies, and then rewatching and go, I think I got this one wrong. <laughs> but uh, I don't know. Jump. I'll want, Maybe I'll check this in Infinity War out on Netflix one day. Infinity War is on Netflix now. I know, but uh, I'm gonna wait for Avengers Endgame to be on
2: Netflix or, mm. or whatever Disney, Disney Plus. Or then, yeah. yeah. Well, I don't know. So that, that's the, that's what I mean. Like, it's fine. It's not bad. I I understand why people really like it, but I just want to draw attention to the weird nitpicky things that I have issues with. Mm. Like, here's another one: Jared Hawkeye Ronin. He's going around uh, killing like cartels and mass hordes of uh, like drug dealers and stuff, and they're talking about how it's a really bad thing. Uh, But then they're like, we have a time travel mission. All is forgiven. You've probably killed 400 people in the last five years. No problem. We're just going to bring you back. And I was like, I feel like that's a weird message to send. I know because he becomes the Punisher. Yeah, exactly. He he is the Punisher now. Uh, So there's that. Um, The other character's death is fine. Whatever. I didn't I didn't get much out of that. And then uh, the way they end Captain America's thing like that one, I was like, that's nice. That's a good way to do it. But at the same time, I was like, I feel like that would cause more time travel paradox problems that we're not addressing here. (laughs) Do you know what I mean? There's even a scene in this, specifically targeted at people like that, where they're talking about how you can't get your time travel information from movies like Back to the Future and uh, Terminator and stuff like that. So there's a real like on the nose type things. Do you think this film has really uh, awakened though in the the
1: younger fans' interest in time travel? They're like, oh, I really wonder about it now.
2: Oh, I'm, I, I'm sure they have. It's like people who got really into Primer. <laughs> oh, fuck. Yeah. I remember liking Primer a lot. I didn't understand it, but I was like, I feel like this is a good movie. I don't think there's that much to understand about Primer. I, I've never got the, the
1: complexity, the alleged complexity of Primer. It's I think the it's, math, Jarrett. It's the math. It's, yeah. It's well, math. It's like, like, do you know about Mormon missionaries? Then you know all about Primer. Okay, is that what Shane Carruth is? <laughs> I have no idea, no, it's just like uh the the white the white shirts and black slacks that everyone wears and it, it has oh, a very okay. suburban vibe and I just think about yeah. uh LDS kids come walking around knocking on doors mm-hmm. helping build fences <sighs> building time
2: machines <sighs> <Yes>. <sighs> so like fat Thor was good, and uh I didn't mind some of um. Some of the fan service parts. Mildly tolerable. <laughs> yeah, like, it was okay. I, I don't, like, actively dislike it. Fun. Like, um, like how I, I really didn't like Infinity War oh, when I first saw that. I was oh, like, this movie sucks.
1: I'm glad that these movies didn't turn out to be what I imagined would be just, like,
2: turgid, like, misfires with, like, 40 characters and just nonsense. Well, I think Infinity War is that, exactly. It is that, exactly. Mm-hmm. This one is a little... Uh, this one's better, like for sure. Infinity War is, an, is is a bad movie. I think Endgame is all right, but uh, it's not something that like I don't care that much. I'm not going to watch it again. Um, and like I, I think in a couple of years, people won't care either because it'll be on whatever their next thing is. They'll bring in the X-Men in a year or two and that'll be the next thing. And, and then we can get a, w- Avengers versus X-Men. We'll get, everyone, we'll get that yeah. uh, six phase build. Oh yeah, oh yeah. I'm I'm pretty confident that'll be what's next. But oh,
1: the Fantastic Four, RJ. The Baxter, they'll do them together, the, the, won't the they? The Baxter Building. It'll, it's all going oh, to happen.
2: There's a Baxter
1: Building and, in Endgame, and they'll and they'll do Galactus done right, Doctor Doom done right, done and that's right. what and that's what we'll see is
2: like hit those sorts of things, and mm. it, and it's never going to end. It'll never end. No, um, I don't know if I missed anything on nah. on Endgame. Like, nah. I don't know. There was um. I think Thanos is like I'm I'm really bored of him in this movie, especially where you're kind of like, holy fuck, I don't care anymore. And that's why I I think I really the end lost me where it's like because of time travel, he gets brought into the future with his armies. And it's just the same bullshit where they're like, again, they're fighting him where he's reaching for the glove. (laughs) And there's a scene where like he's fighting Captain Marvel and it's like it shows you that Captain Marvel is way stronger than him because he tries to headbutt her and she doesn't flinch. She knows sells she, it like a Samoan wrestler. Yeah, exactly. But at the same time, it just like it just showed her blowing up entire ships with her body and she's holding him and then he still gets out of it. It's like, blow him up. <laughs> what the fuck are you waiting for? Spider-Man and just like, killed some aliens. Why can't you? Yeah, it's like, it's like he is the only thing in your way. Blow him up. Uh, and like that's why I know that's a nitpicky thing but like they show you that so spoiler Jared at the start of the movie they find him and they uh, they like corner him and they cut his arm off immediately to get the glove and then they kill him so they cut his arm off immediately and it's like oh look they learned that's all you needed to do but now that they're back they still don't do it it's just like what the fuck how are you like what do you not get out of this like just kill him instantly Captain Marvel is there. She just blew up a 1,000 people without blinking. Just blow them up, okay? Mm,
1: That sounds like some some really sound ring psychology.
2: (sighs) It's like poetry, Jared. It rhymes. Uh, Do you know what I mean? Nope. So there's there's like that, and that's dumpy. Let's talk about movies that we've both seen. Okay. Why don't you talk about stuff?
1: Well, RJ, Mm -hmm. this weekend, your boy... Luca, whatever. Luca the Italian. you? di
2: uh
1: His Suspiria movie came to Amazon Prime. Canada. In Canada. It's a yeah. movie that uh, uh, you've been priming me on as far as like this Luca guy and your love, unabashed love for Call Me By. Your name, your name and uh, I've, which I've never seen, but you've, you're mm-hmm. really uh, hard on this dude in a way that, that sucks in, so a way, in a way that like when you talk about it, I'm like, I think I'd have the same problems uh, at the mm-hmm. very least maybe. And yep. then he's making this Suspiria remake of sorts. Mm-hmm. and I've read all the talk about it. It seems very divisive. yeah um, and let me tell you, RJ, the, the people who are harshing on this movie,
2: they're not wrong. They're not wrong. Okay, um, so I think you need to stop for a second and just address the ongoing list of supporters of our show who are big fans of this movie. Because a lot of people really like this movie. <laughs> oh, you're what? A, right. <laughs> a lot of them do. And uh, you know what? I'm sorry to say, here's my spoiler take. I didn't like it. I never thought I was going to. So there it is. Up front, I didn't like it. And uh, I, I said that from the start. I was like, I'm not going to like that movie. I can tell. I can already tell.
1: So anyways, you keep going. Okay. Um, okay. Anyway. So yeah, this movie, it uh, it's opens up with this old man who mm-hmm. is clearly not an old man. And I'm like, what the hell is this? And this is, of course, while I'm, like, fumbling around with my remote because I'm, like, what the hell is... Why is, why is this movie in German and why are there no subtitles? And mm-hmm. then I'm, like, going into, like, captions. I'm, like, wait, where's the English subtitles? Oh, it's only in closed captioning. Oh, god damn it. It means it's going to tell me when there's sound effects. I don't need that. Mm-hmm. I, those are, like, the worst kind of subtitles there are. Why doesn't this movie just have regular old subtitles if it's going in and out of English, French, and German to, like, name three languages that at least appear? At um, least three, yeah. And, and then I'm, like, why... What is it with this old guy? I'm like, oh, this is the Tilda Swinton thing that everyone was talking about. That mm-hmm. this is just distracting. Why mm-hmm. are they? had they run out of old people to play people in movies now? It's about ma- it's about making a point, Jared. I see, but I, but that point is lost because it, it serves no purpose other than it's distracting. It's like it's, yeah. it's bad filmmaking. It's bad filmmaking choices, and that's mm-hmm. where and that's where the problems begin. So. Uh we get this like we get the opening with uh Patricia. She is talking about witchery and stuff like that and things happening and uh she's kind of wandering around back and forth. The editing is really off in a way mm-hmm. that I'm like, is this like because it's like a horror film and now you have to like make intentionally like abrupt awkward cuts because you want the the audience to be uneasy? Or is this just crappy editing and I don't know I I was asking someone who has seen it and they're like I don't know what you're talking about and I'm like hmm Mm. is this just me is this just my problem with this like
2: I I know exactly what so you're talking about like how it looked right I'm talking about the editing. <laughs> oh, the, okay. Never mind. Yeah. Keep going. Okay. So I'm talking Keep about
1: the, like in, just in the opening scene, it seems like smooth out as it goes on, but just like, mm-hmm. it never spends enough time on any one shot. And it's always seems to be cutting off to something else, especially in that office space. And then she disappears. And then this old man, Joseph, whatever his name is. Whatever. She, Stromdoodler. Yeah. So he's like, Oh, Hmm. I don't think anything of this, but we, now we have a character who's on the outside of the dance school. And then we have uh, not Jessica Harper uh, going to school at the dance house in nineteen seventy seven uh, Berlin, and it's like mm-hmm. it's it sort of it's like, it's kind of like West it's West Berlin and East Berlin. It's a little bit of both, uh, like Oliver was saying the other week. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, this movie is very gray and drab, and uh, the, the movie seems to be in, at no point ever trying to rack it up tension or any sort of like draw into like what i feel horror movies traditional horror movies should be doing where they're kind of like drawing you but into the story into the narrative Jared, it's
2: not a traditional horror movie though yeah i
1: i, I get that but, <laughs> it's it's but, intentionally not it, so what is it <laughs> like what, what what type of movie are they trying to make if you're not rom-com. doing that okay i see well it feels really hard as a rom-com yeah um oh i know yeah Ah, man, so I'd say that there, there's about 10% of this movie I think are good, mm-hmm. is, is good um, and then the rest is just sort of there there? Yeah mm-hmm. uh, let's see here just remembering things I don't know, there's those especially when it's like very close to Argento Suspiria that's when I'm getting like annoyed because mm-hmm. I'm like, because it's not like Argento didn't give a shit about reality (laughs) because I mean he was was making the point I mean he was making a movie in 1977 Europe and he's like he wasn't making a political yeah statement of any sort that's fine um and he's he's making a film about escapism and like ridiculous visions of like I don't know visual color and splendor and it's like what which is sure he doesn't actually get into like the like Meat and potatoes of the science of uh witchery and stuff like that, and the history yeah. of it, it's very played loose. I mean, you all you get are like furry werewolf hands, and like people screaming and colors and stuff like that, and some corpses, and people yep. getting like falling into rooms full of barbed wire, and uh, dog hand puppets biting old blind men, uh, women Oof. getting falling off of tall places and getting their neck snapped by ropes and stuff. Just he doesn't care about. Uh, the political moment of Europe at that time. Why would you? He doesn't care about matriarchy and patriarchy and uh, the, yeah, the mechanics of witchdom. And this movie that spends no time whatsoever of like trying to like conceal the idea of the witch in its story. Um, mm-hmm. They they, they blot, thought I would say yeah these are these women are witches. They talk telepathically and there is a conspiracy, and you don't really know what that conspiracy is. There's no like uh slope play. I guess mm-hmm. um there's there was no interest in that version of the story of like because they just assume anyone who's going to this knows what Suspiria is about and so we're just gonna run with it and be like up front and say hey these witches are witches and they have powers mm-hmm. and we're gonna deploy it overtly. Um we get like definitely more time spent with the dancing and the dancers whereas like in Suspiria it's like such a minor aspect to it. Um but and it's like, oh, yeah, here's some like professional dancing women, I guess, doing their dancing thing. And then it made me think about Black Swan and thinking like, hey, maybe I should watch Black Swan again. It's been forever mm-hmm. since I've seen that. And hey, maybe I should watch the original Suspiria again. That movie is so great to watch.
2: <laughs> um, you could. You could watch it in a theater uh, as like a big event, but you could like not invite your podcast co-host to it. I, I should definitely do that again. <laughs> I've heard people do things like that. Mm-hmm. Not good people, mind you, but uh, people. Such a, such a great experience. Um, mm.
1: So, yeah, the 10% yeah. of this movie that works uh-huh. are like these, like kind of like the dream images, I guess. Just these yeah, little I agree. slivers, As well as like the one horror piece involving uh, like telekinesis dance death.
2: Yeah, that one's not bad.
1: That one's pretty good. Uh um, yeah, that one's not bad. Yeah, you, you get a scene where Till who's playing like the, the gaslighting nice witch mother
2: mm-hmm.
1: um Blanco Blanc? Yeah, Blanca. Blanca. Yeah, she uh, she, Blanca. Uh, she she does a little like hand and ankle massage and giving her um girl her superpowers, who then does a, a performative dance that is killing a woman in another room.
2: That was that was well, neat. what else would it be? Exactly.
1: So that was that was that was like definitely like, oh, I wish this wasn't a better movie at this point. Mm-hmm. That's kind of my thought. Um and then a whole lot of scenes of uh old man
2: Swinton walking around <laughs> like mm-hmm. way too much. Yeah, um, there's like there's honest to god a solid 30 minutes of this movie is uh, old man Swinton. <laughs> walking to places there's an asterisk rj exaggeration
1: but there's quite a bit uh
2: come on if, if it's not okay maybe not 30 but you could you would be lying if you said there was less than 15 minutes of him walking
1: it's certainly the type of thing that you leave out in your movie you just yeah you don't put it in because other than well it creates the sense of space so that later when the apparition of his dead wife appears it makes sense it's like no you don't need that it never matters like your audience does not care They'll mm-hmm. they'll they'll just look at it and go oh that's where we're at now because you're showing it rather than it'll come back into play later it's like no it's just unnecessary information your movie's two hours and forty minutes already stop it
0: mm-hmm. yeah
1: um, mm-hmm. and and so there's like some weird connections between this and Hereditary for me particularly <laughs> in terms Good. of like the conclusion where they're going for these the, both movies go for these big grand guignol kind of conclusions they're very Ooh. like operatic and like art school I've watched Matthew Barney too. kind of horror it's kind of like referencing all these crazy images and it's like isn't this beyond your wildest imagination normies isn't it <laughs> and uh, no because <laughs> like okay I was thinking about how awesome the end of Bride of Reanimator is when okay. I was watching that because the like, monsters attack well, just like that, like the bride shows up and it's like falling mm-hmm. apart. And like, I think about Brian Gesnick, like society, mm-hmm. uh, that, uh, his short story in that, um, uh, Necronomicon, mm-hmm. uh, short film thing. Like, oh, how, yeah, that, how, like yeah. how awesome Brian Gesnick does just practical effects Jesner. and more like just, yeah, that dude knows how to do this, these crazy conclusions. This movie settles for naked old man, Tilda Swinton. And Mm -hmm. settles for a monstrosity woman, fat Tilda Swinton in weird prosthetic suit with a little hand. And
2: was that her too? Yes,
1: okay, yeah, that was her too. Because, yeah, what was up with those weird hands? uh, (laughs) Because it looks crazy, because it looks crazy, but yeah, it's totally not served well by the cinematography. Uh, this movie oh. is like so flatly oh. shot, so boring. Um, n- there's like not a, I don't think there's a memorable shot beyond like, I think the one gif you sent me with like the hands coming up from beneath the hair. Um, a couple of like, these like kind of like quick moments, but they're so fleeting. And other than that, like the shot, the scene to scene sort of stuff, it's just, um, oh, this could be shot by any old person off the street.
2: I, I don't know. I was completely Ooh, unimpressed. Yarn, You
1: know, It's probably not that bad, but it's like very um, unremarkable.
2: Well, I'll, I'll say that I actually, I did like some of the cinematography um, in the actual dance scenes. I thought that was fine. Like I, I think he has some things that are shot. Nice. That did, look, I
1: you disagree. disagree? Yeah. I, I, I was super underwhelmed well, by the dance he, stuff.
2: So I'll say I liked some of the shooting of that stuff. Uh, but I do think it would be better. I think it would have been better for the dancing to have more of a full screen of what was going on and not, not (laughs) as like, I understand it's like meant to be personal, but, uh, i was watching it i was like man i wish i could see everything that was happening here and not just like the one lady shoulder blades kind of like popping in and out (laughs) so i i thought some of the cinematography was good but the real issue i had was with the jerky fucking camera that was like trying to be like it was from 1972 where it was like either the fast zoom ins (laughs) or the entire ending of this movie the entire end of act six which is like the whole uh like sac- uh, ceremonial sacrifice i thought all of that like i was watching it and i almost stopped i was like i know there's 20 minutes left but i'm not into this anymore because it's like it's slow-mo but it's also like sped up so it's like real fast so things and like by. Oh, yeah. and Blurable. i was like i like i don't like this at all i was like yeah. this is like this is the kind of thing that i would expect on like a, a tv ghost hunter show where you it's like, like
1: and then there's the cgi blood that like too. When, when till Tilda Swinton's head pops open like a broken Pez dispenser.
2: Oh yeah, and she doesn't die though.
1: Wow well, yeah. Allegedly. It's, yeah, something like that. But oh yeah, yeah. Th- that was like remind me of that. Remember me talking about a uh, Hotel Inferno? I think. Oh back, yeah. Where it's like it looked like because that's an Italian movie and it's like ridiculous gore fest but it's like going for this video game first person kind of thing and there it's like fine and ex- somewhat mm-hmm. acceptable but even it has practical this kind of has like oh here's the costume of like yeah, bad naked old man Tilda Swinton, and then you have like monstrosity Tilda Swinton, and then you have regular Tilda Swinton, and uh all this like gore, and it's just like hilariously bad CGI exploding heads. And then you have mm-hmm. like cool like burnt up monster witch like avatar creature, which
2: is cool, yeah. but – and you barely thing, see – and yeah. you barely see it. <laughs> Th- that thing – like that thing was cool. But no, yeah, like I, I just, I really had an issue with the way that the style of the, like the way that the camera moved. And I was like, ugh. I was like, I don't like this at and all. And they were
1: building up. There's like that slow motion started coming into f- effect earlier in the movie, too. And it's just like, mm-hmm. ugh, not liking this. And then when the yeah. whole conclusion's that, you're like, why? Why? Why are they just shooting this like Ken Russell? Like, just make it like, so I can see everything and absorb it. Or uh, like, just like there's so many directors that would have done that so much better. And it would be, and it would be yeah. what, it would be what this film thinks it's doing, but it totally fails at doing because it doesn't yep. present it in a coherent way. The reason why mm-hmm. these things work is you have to, it's all about, like, visual... De- clarity of depiction, I think, is so important. And um, mm-hmm. if you're not going for that and you're just going to turn into this mucky, murky, red mash of, like, incoherence, it's like, don't bother. Like, this is... It, I, is, it makes me mad because I'm like, this movie... Yeah. Like, I think I was telling you uh, earlier that this feels like, uh, as a, like, six-episode anime-like mm-hmm. series, it would be fantastic, I think. Like, it everything in it would work so much better, but... Uh, in this live action movie form um, mm-hmm. with all the uh, questionable decisions our buddy Luke is making as a director.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I, mean, I also think like while you're on that red ending, I think I feel like he with withholds color for the whole movie yeah, because of like whatever fucking political message he's trying to say about like, well, so he wants to be the opposite of the original he, Suspiria. Yeah. Right? And then at the end it's like, here's all the red because Suspiria is red. I was like, like, just don't don't remake it. Then make a different movie. If like you're you're gonna make these decisions that are so intentionally like we won't. It's like Suspiria is really known for their color, right? So we won't have any fucking color at all until the very end, and then we'll we'll drop all the color on you. It's like, why why bother? So do you want to hear what you want to know what I think about this movie, Jared? Oh, well, I'm getting that
1: sense. Uh, the last thing I would throw out is the other kind of spooky bit is when the other girl who goes and explores sort of the, uh, the hidden corridor, which mm-hmm. they don't even really, cause they don't even lay out what she's doing. Like where you're, where she, like how running. she figured yeah. that well, out. Yeah, Cause like in the Argento movie, they have her do the head count thing where she's mm-hmm. doing the footsteps and she counts it out. And it makes total sense when she's, when they go and investigate and they do the head count and then do the footstep count thing. They skip mm-hmm. that part. They skip the first part and they just do the thing where she's just counting, right? Like, mm-hmm. I didn't just blink and totally miss the subtlety nope. or something. Like, she's just doing it and you're like, oh, you're supposed to remember from the your, the other movie that she well, did that? Yeah. Like It's so, like,
2: so weird. So, Andrea, Andrea mentioned that, too, because she's actually, she watched the first Suspiria with me uh, a couple years ago yeah. in Creeptober. And she watched this one, too. And uh, so, like, she remembered Suspiria. Uh, but she doesn't have any like hard connections to it like she she doesn't care she's like yeah remember it was good but whatever Uh, and then watching this she's like I don't really get like a lot of these things that they're doing here like the girl is walking and counting and Andrew's like so she's like how the fuck did she figure this out because (laughs) she was kind of connected to the lady that was a medium like the lady with the huge glasses that looks like the girl from Glenn Howerton's new tv show so she was like kind of connected to her and then Andrew's like okay so like Did that lady, like the lady who kills herself, she's like, did that lady like figure out that and then do it for the good of all of them? Or did she do it to benefit the young girl so that the girl could do those things? And it's like it doesn't none of it is clear. And then when she's counting, it's like, what does that mean? Like, I I understand. Like, I don't need. Like, I was saying with Beyond the Walls, you don't need answers to everything. Right. But there's. But you shouldn't just throw stuff in for the fuck of it and be like, we're going to have this character do this thing from the other movie, but we're not going to, like, establish or build up or (laughs) explain it in any way. We're just going to base it on we're going to make a movie completely different from a re uh from the original like a remake but we're going to have things in the remake that are predicated on you have seen the original and it's like what yeah like these like weird how does that make any sense like
1: yeah like oh wait when we're standing around in the foyer i look up and i notice that somebody's looking down at me and then they run away and you're like okay well that's like a visual reference to the other movie and Mm -hmm. and then you just have like this very like oh this is what a real dance academy would look like. It'd be very boring and like, just like kind of a building rather than this like ridiculously opulent, like palatial space, which is amazing. Like, Mm -hmm. but I mean, I I don't want it to be exactly the same either. And cause it's like, well, why even bother doing it? Which is again, the kind of comes down to the problem of why even bother doing this? Why even bother doing it? Um, Oh yeah. And of course it's like, Hey, one of the most iconic scores by Goblin. And then it's like, Oh shit, you got Tom York doing a score for your movie. That sounds incredible. And then you listen and you're like, Oh, this is completely unnoteworthy in any way and is actually yeah. kind of distracting.
2: Yeah, and like I mentioned to you before too, I love Tom York. I am like – I'm not I'm not going to be a fanboy here, but like I, I've liked Tom York and Radiohead for a really long time. And like I had all his solo stuff. I think they would have been better off just buying like uh, the Drunk Machine album or the Eraser, like one of his solo albums, and then just – Cart, like just copy and paste it into this movie. I feel like that would have fit better than this thing that he made because it felt like it felt like it was too on the nose for like the stuff that he was doing with it. And it like and even that it was just like well, what 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 does this add to it? And I, I'm saying that as a, like a guy who really likes Tom York and listens to Radiohead all the time. So I was like, I don't really get this. Like, why is this here? How about should have just got Johnny Greenwood. Yeah, yeah, exactly.
1: Uh, yeah. Hey, how about uh, that spiraling camera in the mirrored room? How did they do that?
2: I don't care. I don't <laughs> give a shit. Yep. I, I did bring it, like when I was watching this in the first hour of this fucking eight hour movie, I was like, I was like, oh, that's neat. How did they do that? And then uh, the second, or I think by the fourth time they were in that room, I was like, I don't give a shit anymore. I was like, I don't fucking care. You know what I mean, Jared?
1: I know what you so mean. So here's.
2: Here's my my thing on Suspiria. I didn't think I was gonna like this. I knew that. That's why I didn't want to watch it. Uh, but everyone was like, "You gotta watch it." So I was like, "All right, I'll fucking watch it." I'm not gonna like it. At least I'm upfront about that. Um, I I thought the first hour was okay. Uh, like I was actually on board. I was like, "Yeah, this isn't that bad." I was like, "This is kind of all right." And then it just kept going on for fucking ever. And I was like, "This is." fucking exhausting watching this thing because it's like there's so much of this stuff that you don't need in here you didn't need that like that may uh the male character the old man tilda swinton at all it served nothing to the story at all other than to have this shoehorn in shoehorned in epilogue side story about like holocaust victims and it's like wh- and if you if if listen like, to his wife rj I feel like if he wanted to make a movie about like 70s political Germany that had like ties to Holocaust and things like that, he should have just made that movie. But RJ,
1: you know, when I talk about witches and the Holocaust, don't you see
2: the connection? Oh, I see the connections, Jared. I just think they're lazy or they're like, it's dumb. It's like, why? Ill thought out. Why? Yeah. It's like, why include that at all? Just, just do your own thing. It's, it's kind of annoying. And so there was a lot of stuff like I really didn't like the the way it was filmed, uh, like the style to like I said, all the her, like zoom in, zoom out, herky jerkiness. I was like, that's lame. Um, I think I was actively mad at the Tom York score because I like Tom York so much. And I was like, I don't I don't know what what this is here for right now. I'm I don't know. Uh I thought some of the dance stuff was good, but then there was, and I liked the dream sequences, but then there was equally frustrating stuff like the Aurora Borealis monster that like, like the light monster that would like come to her and stuff like that. And then Tilda Swinton's like light hands that she would like put the charm or the spell on people. I just, I couldn't care less. I was like, I don't, I don't, I'm not into any of this stuff. And then, um, yeah, I thought the ending was, uh, real bad. Um, When they get to the sacrifice thing, because when you, in the earlier scene, when you have the girl exploring and there's like all those grunting sounds, I was like, oh, it's like, are they going for like a shunting type thing? Like Mm -hmm. I was thinking of Brian Yuzna too. I was like, that's what, that's what would be awesome. Like, but if they did do it, I'd be like, well, that's just society. He just ripped that off. Uh, But I was like, that was kind of what I expected. I was like, is there just gonna be a mass of flesh on the other side? And there was kind of, but at the same time, I don't know like there it's some of the decisions the characters make it's like it's like Tilda Swinton is arguing with other Tilda Swinton and it's like we shouldn't do this now something's not right and it's like no you disagreed with me and then they like and then it's like no oh, no there's like bad stuff but then even that doesn't fucking make sense where it's like so this lady yeah. like the the main character she has like this she is like Argento mother and then it's like so was that always the case? Like, what was she waiting for for the ceremony? Or like, what the fuck was her backstory with the Amish Mennonites? And like that—that that <laughs> yeah. they knew that they oh, were those, birthed those, those, to those, evil. Those, those are so bad. Well, that's that's what I mean. It's like there's so much stuff that doesn't need to be in this thing. Yeah. That's why it's two and a half hours long. You could cut fifty minutes of this easily. Let me go in there. Let me edit this fucking thing, and I'll cut fifty minutes out of this. Do it, Big I'd Mac. Cut, I'd cut all that Amish stuff. I would cut all the stuff with uh, Tilda Swinton's man character, which I find like ridiculously hokey. It's like, why would you bother doing this? This claim why? that it's like, so it's an all female cast, but it's like there's not there's but, like but there's twenty men. guys in this thing.
1: Well, at least three.
2: Well, no, so well
1: you have the and then, the there's, the, and then there's the
2: the singing dude at the end. Well, they don't have like. Lines, but there's men throughout this thing. Like there when the old man leaves his apartment building, he's he's talking to guys. Yeah. Uh like when people are walking around, the cops, there's men. The cops have lines. Yeah, the the men. And then like, well, the cops have lines, but there's men all over the place. So I was like, yeah. what the fuck? I, I was I, like, I, I thought this was supposed to be like an all-female movie. But even on top of that, when I thought about that, I was like, okay, so it's an all-female movie. So they got Tilda went to act a man. Female. However, it was written, it was directed by a man. And it was scored by a man. And I'm assuming it was written by Luca in some part. No, it like, was the guy who wrote this. He also wrote that uh, Nicole Kidman invasion movie. But, but it, was a, it was a man though, right? Yeah. So then what is the gimmick about having female actors know. where it's, or like not gimmick, but like the gimmick of having a female play a male guy when it's like, but that's doesn't even. It makes no sense. It makes no sense. None. It, it's just, they should have had just, a female uh, director
1: then too. It's an absolute gimmick, I think.
2: Hmm. Distract yeah, it's,
1: and it just brings attention to it's itself. It's distracting, yeah, yeah the because the voice doesn't make the, the voice oh. doesn't work, and uh it's like I mean the performance is good. I mean as far as He's like uh, as, as a... like old man makeup and stuff goes, it's like pretty great. But then it's like oh, but now you have to have that person strip naked, and it's like mm-hmm. this doesn't look convincing anymore. It looks like um that Brad Pitt cur- Curious Case of Benjamin Button antics. It just like, yeah. yeah, but then you're also in this thing where it's like all the huge set piece of like, oh, now you have like prosthetic monster, Tilda Swinton, and the like weird uh, singing man. Yeah, exactly. Yeah.
2: So I didn't like it, but I knew I wouldn't, and uh, I'm sorry to disappoint, but uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't think it's worth your time, to be honest. Yeah. It's not worth three hours. Yeah, there's a, a whole heck of a lot of uh, horror movies that actually wanted to you could do. watch beyond the walls in the same time and you'd get more out
1: of it yep yeah and i think feels like uh the sort of thing that people want this movie to be but i yeah, don't think this is exactly yep and then rj you uh-huh. and i
2: we watched a movie together in the same room mm-hmm. for the second time in history i was allowed into Jarrett's house that's right and uh we watched uh what you might call an rj pick Maybe it's a Jarrett pick? It's, it's, I don't know.
1: It's a Creep pick, I it's guess. It's a Creep pick for sure. Uh, we watched Dre De cross
2: Concrete by
1: uh, one S. Craig Zoller.
2: Mm-hmm, as it has just been made available in Canada for the first time. On the Blu-ray. On the Blu-ray. Mm-hmm.
1: Yep. Came out yesterday.
2: And we watched it today.
1: As mm-hmm. I'm off work and he's off work. Um, yep. This movie stars Mel Gibson. The Fallen Son. Vince Vaughn. The not Fallen Son. Uh, a 50-year-old man playing a 40-year-old. Who, Vince Vaughn? Yeah. Don't forget about Don Johnson. He's in this thing, too. Yeah, he's in it for a hot minute. hmm And uh, these two, they're cops. Uh, yes. They're... <laughs> hard-boiled cops, some yeah, yeah, say. Yeah, they're definitely more hard-boiled than cops on the edge. hmm And, uh... They uh, they run afoul of the law because you know they're getting a little rough with a uh, an ethnic minority. Uh, it's
2: not that they were rough, Jared. It's because the
1: internet. That's what I mean. That they got caught on camera, and it's about uh-huh. like, hey, Mel Gibson, don't be doing things on and get caught on camera or be recorded. Maybe. Yeah. So that's a point in this film. Mm-hmm. So they're suspended without pay for like several weeks, and you know what? being working class cops, you know, they just, that that's stretching their paychecks and they ne- they can't do it. So mm-hmm. Mel Gibson starts a scheming and uh, gets hooked up by uh, Udo Kier, who works in mm-hmm. the back room of an opulent office behind a mall storefront that sells expensive clothes. Um, mm-hmm. And he gets put onto a, a I guess, a, a job of, a, of a something or other. And he's like, "I'm we're we're you and me, Vince Vaughn. We're going to cash out. We're going to whatever these people are doing. They're they're no good. But uh, hey, we can do it with our downtime and rob them and get rich. Because working this square job, my wife's got MS. My daughter, (laughs) she's being assaulted Mm -hmm. all the time by kids on the streets. (laughs) My daughter was
2: assaulted five times
1: this week. (laughs) Yeah, he says that at least twice in the movie." -hmm. In those certain, no certain, no uncertain terms, Um, and yeah, that's sort of your a plot uh, as it gets going. There's like a a b plot with this guy with his mom and younger brother. Yep, younger brother. Yeah, younger brother. Um, You know, he's a guy who's just like working whatever jobs he probably can get and probably doing some side hustles. Some some, some side hustles. Some oh, some some illegal things here and there. Mm-hmm. And he and he too is uh kind of like looking to make a living a better life for his family. And uh eventually these two stories converge. And um Yeah. This movie I feel is lesser Zoller. Oh. RJ's oh, being distracted by a kitty.
2: No, there was. Uh, I have my window open up here, and uh, Andrew just walked by. Anyways, so um, yeah, I agree. I think this is uh, lesser Zoller as well. Yeah, <laughs> it is. So where I would put, yeah. like, yeah. So Bone Tomahawk,
1: the first half of that movie, I always thought was fairly slow going, and then mm-hmm. and uh, the second half really kicks in and turns into a unforgettable spectacle of Western horror, yeah, and uh, brawl uh, in cell block 99 is also the first half, kind of a slow um, burn, but then it mm-hmm. kind of gets into the ridiculousness of the premise and it, just, it turns into yep. essentially a Frank Miller prison comic. And it just keeps getting more and more absurd where you're like laughing out loud. And then it just turns mm-hmm. into like a bloodbath and uh yep. very memorable. Again, this movie traded across concrete, it feels like a old script. Uh, yeah, that has been that has been dusted off. The biggest offense this movie makes is the dialogue. <laughs> is atro- yeah, it's it's atrocious. It's it's, it's it's not good. Yeah, it's really bad. It feels like The Wire fanfic. In some ways. It's like somebody <laughs> someone watched The Wire and went, Yeah, yeah, I can I, do that. I, I, I want to do this so much. I'm gonna write my McNulty. And I'm gonna mm. write and uh they're gonna have uh-huh. like my Omar, but it's like all like not really understanding. Like it doesn't have like the mind of a David Simon working these things through. Even though this mm. movie's two and a half hours long, um uh-huh. or over two and a half hours long. It's just like it's fine, but yeah, it's fine. Um, but. But, but it's got, uh, man, it's, it's, it's pretty disappointing. I think, um, mm-hmm. when you've got, uh, the fallen son and, uh, Vince Vaughn, we have the potential of these yeah. like two, two men, um, these, uh controversial figures I suppose uh for some where uh, Mel Gibson mm-hmm. for obvious reasons Vince Vaughn he he's kind of a Republican so we must be a bad human being and like now you have two of them and they're playing like kind of racist cops I guess like mm-hmm. um and they're they're saying things t- talking about the media and kids these days um you're kind of expecting well you know s Craig he he brings a certain like like craziness to his stories mm-hmm. this just gets kind of like your're I don't know I, I saw that widows movie. It this is just like a heist oh. it's it's like a heist movie with like mm-hmm. some inflections, some really unnecessary backstories given to like minor characters just for mm-hmm. like a, a cheap kind of like we went there, that's right. We we killed a woman with postpartum depression. <laughs> and uh yep. this guy gets his guts opened up. Isn't that crazy? Is it though? Uh, no.
2: <laughs> it's yeah. yeah i i know what you mean um yeah i don't know i was kind of a little disappointed in it too because I uh, i like this s craig a lot and i mean mel gibson the fallen son it was everything i could have dreamed of mm-hmm. but uh for the most I- i'm i'm pretty on board with uh with your your poll on this movie like the dialogue is horrible um and it's like he at he least for the first half, the dialogue is yeah. real bad. Anchovies.
1: Yeah, and Vince Vaughn for some reason his character, someone decided, like when he says, like instead of saying like "oh this shit" stinks. or or something, he goes anchovies, and mm-hmm. he says it at least five times. More, I would say. Yeah, and it's just like, "What? Oh, that's his thing, huh?" Mm-hmm. And you have uh, Vin- Mel Gibson saying
2: "crud." Uh, So it's weird. Like, I think the I think there's equal parts frustrating dialogue like that. And then I actually I think he's really good at like small talk type stuff. Like in the intro, they're like, what's your girlfriend's name? And he's like, Rosalinda. And then Mel Gibson goes, that sounds like two names. I don't know why. I thought that was really funny. I was like, that's nice. That's a it's a nice little thing they got there. So I I was into like that. But... uh, I don't know Jer I don't know like I don't think it's bad by any means I like like I was fine watching it the whole time but I'm kind of with you I was like oh man is there <laughs> any reason
1: that this movie had to be two hours and 40 minutes <laughs> like mm, that's no as, that's 20 minutes short of casino <laughs> that I think this movie, old, is, yeah. this movie is as long as Goodfellas it's pretty crazy it's ridiculous and you think about how like jam-packed those movies are. And they're very different. I mean, obviously the intent is very different, but, yeah. uh, I feel like this is like 90 minutes of content bloated up by something. Like, I don't even know the, I mean the whole like final act, like kind of yeah. the, um, like after the, the heist, there's a lot of movie to go. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> I don't know about you, uh, that, that gold bullion thing, it's like, is this a James Bond movie? Or like, mm-hmm. is, this feels like like from a different era or like something like a, a wacky race type of movie where it's like, everyone's racing to get the gold bullion buried in a dis- undisclosed location. And you're like, oh, and now it's like, oh, now these characters are all going for gold bullion. But there's never like, a, hey, what do you do with it once you have it? Yeah, exactly. Do, like- do you fence it? Is that the idea? I guess like, Mel could take it to uh, Udo Kier and, uh, Get it uh, laundered? I I suppose, Maybe. but it's never. I don't know. It's not touched upon. It doesn't. It doesn't matter. But and then yeah. there's like symbolism in this. Some some metaphors of like characters watching lion TV and safari video games. Class, how we're all the same. But but mm-hmm. it was it about like how the world is like the wild kingdom that we're all just
2: animals? Yeah, that too. Yeah, it's both. It's both of those things. Um, yeah, it has that. And I don't know. Yeah, like where it gets stretched out. Like you definitely don't need the background on the woman with postpartum depression. Other than like, I think honestly, just to be kind of mean. Yeah. Where where it's like this mean-spirited thing, which I'm fine with. Uh, it didn't like bother me or anything. But it, you're kind of like, I guess it gives a face to like the victims because that's something you don't see very often in any kind of movie like that like say a heist movie or an action movie where like um there's collateral damage i don't i can't i can't think of like any movies where you actually give a background to one of those characters other than something like during like a minute before the the crew gets there to rob the bank you'd have a bank person be like oh man i had a tough night my uh my son with uh scoliosis he uh he had a real <laughs> bad time like other than something yeah. like that you don't get it so i guess it does it does do that but um but it didn't just it, bring, it's just a but show, it's just like it's so blatantly manipulative actually.
1: yeah yeah well i kept thinking because like the the guy who's like you you have to go you you swore on her baby's life that you'd go to work, and I kept like wondering. I'm like, is this like the masked shugra knockoff guy? And it's like, is is that what his story is? He doesn't want her yep. to come in because he's like doing some scheming. But then, no, he's just, it's just he's just a guy it's just to
2: make make you feel that much worse. And then it's like oh, that guy's, you know, you that guy's to going because
1: go he made her go to work, and now she's dead. And yep. uh, but it's like, wait, but I kept like, wait, this guy, <laughs> is this going to reveal that he is one of the like one of the guys? The, the masked men. I have no idea why I kept uh, thinking that. Like, but I was like, it, it wasn't like a constant thing. I was waiting for it to happen. and It like, didn't make me. Yeah. But it just, like, look, well, that scene is like, that was
2: completely, why is this here? Like, cut that yeah. out. I don't know, Jaren. I don't know why that's there. But, but, but it, well, it's like, it's like I said, it's the baby boots. I, it It's mean, but I, I do think it's to kind of give, I don't know, face to a, a victim for whatever. But did it do whatever that, reason or does it just I, make you aware
1: of like makes you feel bad? It's a yeah, but that's like the worst is like when it's really trying hard to make you feel bad.
2: And I guess the other stuff is like showing the uh, the the main hitman guy, like showing how cutthroat he is uh, and like where he gets his stuff. That's more stuff that like it's I guess it's to build that character, but you don't totally need that. Not really, right? Yeah. So there's that but I kind of I don't know I think you might be right about scripts getting dusted off because that was what I've long held uh, is the sole reason for that puppet master Littlest Reich like I think he <laughs> wrote that like 20 years ago yeah and uh, it was just like once once he had two big movies someone pulled it out of a drawer and was like hey do this now or we'll make this and I feel like that's kind of like with this too I'm, I'm not like I'm not shitting on this movie. I I did enjoy it. Like I do. I like S. Craig Zoller. I'll take a bad movie with S. Craig Zoller or Mel Gibson or not even bad, like a boring movie with those two Or not even boring. Fuck. What is it about this movie? A disappointing movie from either of those two, uh, as opposed to one of the big movies that like I don't give a shit about. I don't even know what I'm trying to say anymore. Um, I liked it. It's just I was kind of like, oh. That's was it, hoping, huh? I was hoping it would be a, it'd be a little bit more for me, you know? I was hoping I would get a little bit more. Uh, on a side note, I'm reading a uh, S. Craig Zoller book right now, and I see his next project this year is a different book of his that I actually own uh, called Hug Chicken Penny. So uh, we'll see about that. If I can get through this, the Western of his I'm reading right now, I'll try to find some time for, uh, that hug chicken penny. <laughs> you know, you know what I mean, Jared? I, I know what you mean. Hug chicken. You should watch a uh, asylum blackout though. That's a pretty good, um, S. Craig Zoller movie. I feel like S. Craig Zoller is going the route
1: of, um, Mike Flanagan for me.
2: Uh well, just because they dragged across concrete. Hmm. We'll see what he does next. Well, it looks like his next movies are hug chicken penny. And then, uh, Rafts of the Broken Land, which is what I'm reading now. Those are his two next slated, and those are both based on books that he wrote. Do you think uh, that that little dead baby turtle popping out of the vagina is going to show up in the movie? Well, it's the opening line to the book, so it must it must <laughs> be important, Jarrett. Yeah, I'm not I'm not sure what I think about his writing yet. I'm only like 50 <laughs> pages in, but uh, there's like I see the story elements of his writing it's like yeah he's he's like he's got a cinematic mind where he it comes out in his writing like uh, I can see that when he was writing it I think he was probably thinking of it as a movie more than a book but then there's also stuff where I was like I don't know I don't think people talk like this and you get that in Drake to cross concrete a little bit too you're like eh like some of this is really natural but some of this is not how people talk it's shitty anchovies and joeys i uh yeah that dialogue
1: kind of tough to get past kind of yeah kind of so uh there you go hey there you go uh you got any news
2: not really dude hype for sonic oh (laughs) i I don't care i don't care i it's like i don't know what they're doing it would have been nice if i don't know if I like good movies. If they would have made a good movie, that would have been cool. But uh, it just looks like something else that is going to get shit on by everyone in the world until it comes out. And then they'll go see it. And they'll go see it. To, and go, to, see it to, to ironically to, shit on it. To be able to shit on it more. And then after that, you know what? It'll it'll be forgotten. Yep. And then, and then people will be like, of, they made a Sonic movie? <laughs> yeah. So it'll, it'll be the butt of the joke for a while until yep. it comes out. And then uh, and then once it's done, it's it'll be gone. Yep outstanding just like our podcast just like
1: this podcast and our yep. conversation about everything we've talked about up until this point pretty well <sighs> yeah. after the break mm. we're going to kill a bunch of people
2: Oh, well, we still got to do that hey still got to do that
1: and we have to talk about man bites dog <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <woo>. anchovies <laughs> And these.
3: 3 fois son poids normalement un homme moyen comme cette victime ici c'est trois fois son poids mais sinon par exemple ça change hein. tu as pour les enfants pour les nains ça change pour un enfant c'est il est plus léger un enfant hein. c'est deux fois son poids c'est quatre fois son poids comment non non parfois par exemple pour les nains c'est une fois son poids c'est beaucoup plus lourd hein. c'est les os sont beaucoup plus lourds chez un nain donc c'est une fois le poids une vieille dame par exemple ou un vieil homme cinq fois le poids les os sont poreux déjà hein. l'amour elle laisse Comme une traînée de soufre derrière lui, comme une odeur qui traîne et que malgré tout, dès que tu rencontres quelqu'un, tu sens, un peu comme quand tu vas pisser et que tu sens tes doigts. Zoom sur ta machine. Tu vois, généralement, au début de mois, je me paye un petit facture. Je me lève le matin et je prends en matinée pour récolter les pensions, ce qui me permet, par la même occasion, tu vois, de de repérer les, les vieux qui ont de l'argent. Hein. Nous sommes une équipe de télévision
0: oui.
3: et nous effectuons un reportage sur les vieilles personnes et la solitude oui. dans les grandes cités. Oui. Auriez-vous l'obligeance de répondre à quelques questions, s'il vous plaît? Oui, je veux bien. Un peu lumière. <laughs> <laughs> Coupe ça, imbécile.
1: And we're back. This is the Criterion Creeps podcast, and tonight we're talking about Man Bites Dog from 1992, directed by Remy Bellevue, André Bonzel, and Benoit Povard. The tagline for this film, RJ, mm-hmm. a killer comedy. Is that what it's uh, classified as? Yeah, yes. Is this a comedy? It's a dark comedy, RJ. It's one oh, of the, I oh, I see. You see, okay. The synopsis here from Letterboxd. Mm-hmm. The activities of rampaging, indiscriminate serial killer Ben are recorded by a willingly complicit documentary team who eventually become his accomplices and active participants. Mm-hmm. Ben provides casual commentary on the nature of his work in arbitrary musings on topics of interest to him, such as music or the condition of low-income housing, and even goes so far as to introduce the documentary crew to his family. But their reckless indulgences, indulgences soon get the better of them. Do they? So, RJ, for me, yeah, this is the second time I've watched this film. Uh, it's it has been like fifteen years since okay. I watched uh, my friend Mike, uh, sometimes listener of the show. He uh, bought this, and I do believe I watched it with him. Mm-hmm. Uh, we were doing some sort of mockumentary film of our own. You might have heard oh. about. Cringy. Doing doing a little bit of uh research and uh this mm-hmm. movie, you
2: know, it's criterion. It's Oh, it's, it's, God. it's I'm what, done with this show. Let's, let's see what we you, you've outed yourself as one of one of those. Well, okay horrible. So
1: while watching this movie, the this time, yeah. I, I discovered I remembered most most everything in this. Um just you know, montages of people being shot. The whole thing with like the other film crew, the -hmm. whole like this message of like the complicity, complicitness of like the filmmaker and us, the viewer, the audience in watching uh, Ben's actions, Benoit. Mm -hmm. Um, And I also vividly recall my friend Mike saying aloud how ugly he finds Ben. (laughs) Like literally? Yeah. Physically ugly? Yeah. You see, what an ugly man I I Mm. recall. But not in his soul. I don't know about that part, but just okay, just just ugly. Um, yeah, and you know, RJ, since this movie has come out, the mockumentary format has come a a long way and has kind of been done, Mm. done to death, arguably. Sure. Um, once like TV really starts doing this stuff, I mean, all the way back to like the British office up through the, the American office and parks and rec, that whole mm-hmm. format is very recognizable. Um, on this very podcast we did, uh, this is spinal tap, which is like one of those early fishing examples of, and while well, fishing with John is life. Yeah. Yeah. It's, As, real, it's realer than real. That's the, that's the most accurate yeah. thing that we have. Yeah. Willem Dafoe, uh, and, uh, John Lurie did die on the ice. Yeah. 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 Um, on the flip side, you know how much I loved behind the mask. Uh, was it the Leslie Vernon story? Oh fuck.
2: Why, (laughs) why, why did you bring that up?
1: Oh, no reason. Just because it's kind of the same idea. It's a, it's a a mockumentary following a killer, uh, Mm a fictional killer. Uh, and that, when that behind the mask, it's a slasher and this, it's a serial killer. Mm, What's the difference? Um, well, there's no, like, costume. There's no, like, mask. And Maybe uh, he is the mask. Maybe it's the mask of sanity. Sure. Maybe. Um, so, RJ, I'm just going to put it out there. I don't Uh like this movie. Good. I don't like this movie much at all. Tell me why. Um, it isn't that it's, like, badly made or anything. Mm Mm-hmm. But, holy shit, I was checking the runtime constantly while watching this. Uh, yeah, it is a mere hour and a half, and I thought it was just endless. Um it's, it's the worst kind of vibe to have while watching a movie where you're just not, you're just checked out. And yeah, I should be more into this. I feel like I feel like this is kind of like a movie that should be for me.
2: And yeah, I, I'm actually kind of surprised that you didn't like it. I yeah,
1: uh, I I never liked it that much. When the first time I watched it, I. Mm-hmm. I saw what it was going for, but I didn't think it worked. Mm-hmm. It reminds me of the 90s RJ in all the mm-hmm. worst ways when like serial killers were like all the craze, people were like really into serial killers. Mm-hmm. Um the black and white look of this reminds me of Kevin Smith's Clerks and uh-huh. like other like low budget kind of filmmaking that was going on. Mm-hmm. Um and then what else? the way that people talk about this movie and like how disturbing it is.
2: I, I don't know. Is I, it?
1: Am, am I a monster? Am I a yeah, monster? I, well, <laughs> I would
2: say, I would say when it gets to the gang rape scene, Yeah. That uh, scene, uh, th- yeah that, that's pretty, that's a- anything else I was fine with. Yes. But that scene, yeah. that scene, I was kind of like, whoa. Eh. Yeah. It's pretty, eh. yeah. That, that scene's kind of like, whoa, you
1: hey know, uh, yeah because even like the bit where like you know the little kid is being smothered to death in his own bed yeah, um, that's, not, that's not like fat. Fat. that's like oh I could see somebody finding that objectionable but yeah yep. uh yeah the, the 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 gang rape scene is uh pretty like Ugh because mm-hmm. it continues on you know it really lays out what's going on there's no uh artfulness up to it it is like mm-hmm. oh hey this is what this would look like and everybody's everybody's down with it. Except for the victims, um, so like I don't know. I'm, I'm not sure many movies have a scene like that in the things that we've watched. Salo, I guess, would kind of uh, get into that territory. Um, a touch. Uh, Night Porter, I think. But it's also these are all those movies are also like artful in their depictions of these. things. Rushmore has one of those. <laughs> right, Wes Anderson. I all forgot about him. He's big. Yeah, into, he... he's big into that.
2: Yeah. Yeah, he is.
1: Yeah. Um, the one thing that. I was, when watching this, I kind of found just like, why even bother? Like, like it really mm-hmm. starts piling on despicable character traits onto mm-hmm. Ben where it's mm-hmm. like, hey, not only does he kill men, women, the elderly, and children, but he's also a racist and he's xenophobic and a rapist. And it's just like- well, they, they go just, hand in hand, Jared. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, sure. But it's just like, hey, in case you thought he was remotely kind of charming- Mm-hmm. But, but now he definitely isn't <laughs> you're just like,
2: oh, cause. Yeah, but he, serial killers are charming though. That's part of the gig. Right. Yeah. But it's like, just like, it's just this
1: extra thing where you're like, oh, okay, this is mm-hmm. a, another, another spin on the character. Um, and then just shots of like him, like he kills a postman at the beginning of every month and you're like, huh, you know, if the police were really serious about catching this guy, I, I, I suppose they would have caught him by now, if this was his M.O., if he's like, yeah. like I don't know. It's like stupid mm-hmm. things like that that you probably shouldn't be thinking
2: about when it's satire. Is that like my critiques of uh, Endgame? The silly things that you shouldn't think about? Perhaps. Perhaps. perhaps.
1: I don't know. Uh, perhaps. They have, people would have to listen to the preamble for that. Mm-hmm. But um I don't know. This movie <laughs> is just. Tell me some more. So underwhelming. Okay. Uh, I don't, I have not much more to say honestly okay, that's about fine. it. Uh, RJ, I'm very yep. curious, uh, what you think about this dog that bites man.
2: I think I, you got that wrong. <laughs> uh, well, what do you think I would be a, uh, a uh, coin flip heads up or heads down? Heads down. You think it'd be heads down? Why? Cause it's got some pretty sensitive content. Uh, I just think that you wouldn't care about anything that happens in this movie. Uh, I think you're you're more or less right. Um, I think you actually dislike it more than me, but uh, I'm mostly just apathetic. Kind of, I guess, kind of exactly what you said. I don't really care. Um, I didn't like there wasn't anything that I really actively disliked where I was like, oh, I don't like that. Other than maybe the gang rape rape scene, because I was like, oh, I was like, why is this in here? I was like, I guess to show that, like the cameramen are being swept into the magic of being like <laughs> the a <magic>. bad guy. <laughs> but, uh, I was like, I don't know if this fits his bill even. Um, so like that, that, that whole breakdown there, I was kind of like, I don't really like this, but I don't think anyone would have expected me to like that. Not even you, uh, the rest of the movie. I think there are times that, um, I think there are some scenes that I think are funny. Uh, not necessarily because they're, intentionally trying to be funny but because I thought they were funny like uh, so when he's talking about uh when he's at his like hooker's house and there is the tanning late where he's like you can tan your ass while you're uh you're getting down to business I kind of thought that was really funny but not because like I know that's actually a joke but certain parts of it which i don't think are the joke where he's talking about having a brown ass i was like that's really funny i don't know why because i think i pictured like a guy who just had a really tan ass but no other parts of his body do you ever get that jared do you ever have like a tan ass never never see well that's why i think it was so comical because it's like well that would probably sunburn really easy because most people don't tan their butts especially in like 1960s france or whenever this thing was made when was this made 1992. Oh, fuck. I thought it was like... What? (laughs) Well, I didn't think it was actually 60s. I thought it was like the 80s or something. Doesn't matter. I guess you uh, completely didn't hear me
1: talking about how 90s this movie is.
2: Well, I heard you say that, but I thought it was because you thought it had a 90s flair. Uh, As you can see, I don't do any research into this because I don't take it seriously. Uh, Neither should you. Um, No, I don't know. Like, there were certain parts that I liked. I thought were... Like... I, I... I I think some of the things that they try to do, I think they do well where uh, like some of the parts where when he's trying to invite the camera crew out to dinner and they just very clearly don't want to go. But that's not like a serial killer thing. That's just like an awkward conversation thing. That's that's like what The Office was, like how you said. It's all like these awkward personal interactions with each other. So I, I like like certain scenes like that, I thought were pretty good. Um, I also thought it was funny when he was talking about like the differences in weighing down kids and midgets. But I don't think that was like, like it it, it is a joke. But that, at the same see, time, that that, like, that just made me laugh because it reminded me of you
1: and uh, Oliver last week talking about Solaris and midgets. The midget, yeah, exactly.
2: Because I was like, what a world, what a. What a world we we live in where we have <laughs> movies that are you're either like th- in Solaris throwing midgets or you're in Man Bites Dog you're just describing like how they have denser bones so you need to like weigh them down more or something It's 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 crazy, Jared. Uh I think it's wild. It's wild. Uh, I think this is a movie that was inevitable because it's like maybe it came before all the TV shows, but there is something about having a serial killer as like a profession, I think is how they try to show it in this and the mockumentary style of it. Uh, So I like, I get it. I can see why people, I I think it would be of two worlds where people would either be really into this or kind of, well, maybe not even two. like either really into it or you don't care. Like you're me because I don't care about anything or you're you. And you like don't like it. So I can see why people like it. I think there are some qualities to it. Um, I think they do a good job of painting his uh, his complexities, Jarrett, where he is like he's kind of charming, which is like that serial killer thing, mm. like psychopathic people are supposed to be charming. But he's also he doesn't fit that completely. Like he has all these other side characteristics that are like kind of counter to that, Uh but he's also kind of a like a smart guy, like uh, th- that Reddit. I am very smart. Um, <laughs> those kinds of things, where he's like talking oh, about yeah. the the aesthetics of like the apartment buildings, and he's like, well, they should have this, and it should be like asymmetrically beautiful, like this. Where it is that kind of persona of like I am smarter than you. I'm going to tell you how I am smarter than you, and you're going to listen because I'm so smart. You're going to want to hear it. So I think that like. I think they showed those kind of personality like traits pretty good, pretty good. It's good. I always have good English on podcasts. Uh, like I think they they do a, a good job at showing that side of him, and then it, it gets reflected in other ways, like how he's kind of oblivious to things like when he's eating dinner and his gun just goes off and kills that guy. And then he's like, Oh yeah. Why? Oh. Well, I don't think he just, just goes
1: off. He, he, he You think the, he just does it? He, yeah, he kills the I, guy cause he's pissing him off and then he just continues yeah. to eat. And then everyone has to like kind of awkwardly go along with him.
2: Yep. And he's like, so when well,
1: so, he's like, why are you guys acting so weird? <laughs> cause he's trying to, yeah. It's he, like, well, like he's like a weird, angry kid. Child, yeah. He's a fast kid. Yeah.
2: Yeah, where he gets like, like, that's what I mean. He's like one of those nice guys, like a, a very smart guy where he tells you about how smart you are. Talk, talks about it, his uh, Facebook IQ tests. Yeah, exactly. He's like only he's like, listen, if you don't understand metaphor, then you're an idiot. This movie is good because it is a metaphor for something. It's like when people uh, comment on how I don't understand that Salo is a metaphor for fascism. It's like, that I us, know that's
1: what, both of us.
2: Yeah, well, it's it's like, even so, I know what metaphors are. Just because it's a metaphor doesn't mean it's good. <laughs> Come on. Uh, so there's that. Um, there's a few things I thought were confusing in this. Like when he eats all those muscles, which is kind of like a funny scene that he wants to go and get a whole bowl of muscles. Muscles? Uh, and then he pukes, and they hold his hair, which I found was like kind of weird because <laughs> he has short hair. Yeah. Like, it doesn't dangle at all. Like, it's not even, He's not, not even medium like Yeah, and I was like, why are they holding his hair? That's really weird. I, um, I think the things that I think uh, it's kind of done well, but then it gets over is, like, the dedication of the film crew. So when they lose the first sound guy, yeah. and then they just kind of, like, jump in, one guy takes up this, the, like, the boom mic. It's like, okay, let's keep going. But It's just like the uh, spinal tap drummer. Yeah, kind of yeah. like that. But then it's like I said, they kind of get like swept up into it and they go along with like they start killing people of their own and I was like, all right, so like what is this a common like commentary of like documentary filmmakers being taken over by the material that they're covering? Allegedly. Is that <laughs> Allegedly? Is that what is that what it is here? Like does that happen often?
1: no (laughs) or is it or or is
2: it because cannibal holocaust (laughs) or is it because like documentarians like sometimes choose choose to film their documentaries on things that they're actually passionate about so they're already invested in in it beforehand you know know like i know that's not the case for everyone
1: you know you know who you know what it asks rj
2: hmm. who are the
1: real monsters
2: who are the real monsters well ben's not a great guy uh like when he as you pointed out, that he was racist. He was talking about the well-hung black guys. Yeah. But then he was also like, "Oh, I'm not gonna touch that jungle beast. He's got AIDS, mm-hmm. or whatever he calls well, oh, it." It's not it's so Be- it's, it's
1: so ridiculous. It's like something the, crazy like like that. The, it's such a ridiculous strain of just like racial shit. Like, and you're yeah. just like, wow, they're really uh, just piling it on. <laughs> it's would like to like it, it, also takes you- like one also would take us like one line to make make that thing, but then they're like, oh no, he's going to like say everything. And yeah. that's, I guess, funny
2: because he's so racist, but it's very like, oh, <laughs> he's like, I'm not going to touch that black mama, uh, like yeah. talking about a black oh, guy. Hey, let's take a look and, at his
1: penis now. <laughs> and you he's gotta, like,
2: oh, my God. Yeah. He's like, Remy, you take care of him because I don't want to get AIDS. Yeah. And uh, the subtitles it's has areas like full, just full capitalized. Like, I know it's an abbreviation, but like it's like full on there. It's like AIDS. And you're watching <laughs> it. You're like, oh, shit. Yeah. Does this guy have AIDS? I don't know. No. Maybe he does. No. Um, I, one of my notes, I wrote down farts, and I don't really remember why. Do they talk about farts in this movie? Uh,
1: Probably. Did you I, find it? What? Well, I was going to say, like, uh, there's, like, we, I guess, like, kind of a uh, little references to movies like the very opening scene it's like they're in the train cart and they're following this woman walking along like it's a regular old movie and then uh, Ben bursts out of one of the cabins and just starts strangler strangling her which reminded me a lot of Martin actually yeah me too actually and I was like oh that's like so I, I didn't remember that cold open and then you're just like oh the film crews is standing there filming him strangle this woman to death and at which point you're like okay so the film crew is definitely already at this point complicit <laughs> in this yeah. and there's like sort of like this like vague kind of backstory that like oh they're running out of money to finish the film to buy film to make the film and that's about what you're yeah. kind of given to go with and so like that starts motivating Ben to like find money by killing old people because apparently old people are rich and mm-hmm. keep all their money in their house well um, he shows you that they're rich yes, and that yeah. they keep money yeah. in their house yeah and he shows how he's very experimental and avant-garde and how he uh, kills people mm-hmm. he doesn't limit himself to just shooting them um, but then, yeah, those are the ones that immediately pop into mind. And then I guess like the end of the movie reminds me of like, just like found footage films nowadays, uh, particularly. Yeah. And also like Blair Witch Project probably got the final shot of like the cameraman going down and filming people's bodies kind of strewn along in black mm-hmm. and white, but without maybe the bodies. But yeah, it's like every found fit footage film kind of draws from this idea of like, what happens when the camera stops rolling? But then you're like, wait, who edited all this footage together? <laughs>
2: And released it. <laughs> oh yeah, I guess. Yeah, I kind of got like, I found uh, near the end too. I was, I was like, I think it's kind of falling apart the structure of this because, like, the whole thing is based on that he's a, pro- it's a serial killer his profession, and he's be follow- being followed by these documentarians, and then they they get into it also. But then there's this weird, the weird scene where the guy gets away and then he gets busted and you're like, is that all that it took? Yeah. One postman because fail because he's, he, so he's also openly
1: his, killing, but he's also losing his groove and he's like, oh yeah. man, like you guys, you should have stopped him. You're supposed to step in and like do something yeah. about it. But he's also, cause he's got the neck brace on. He's starting to like, mm-hmm. he's starting to lose it and like lose, yeah, lose his, uh, focus in like, not, okay. and that, that's sort of the, the artificial hey, well that makes a little bit yeah. more
2: sense but so who what do you take from the the end where it's like the uh, the revenging serial killer like who is that just supposed to be kind of like how there was a rival serial killer who had his own doc or not even a rival but a different serial killer who yeah. had his own documentary yes. group it's same idea yeah so in your hit movie capes was there rival film crews of the uh the superheroes maybe wow mm-hmm Wow. Well, so when are we going to get a – where would you rate that between anywhere from Man Bites Dog to Salesman (laughs) to Henry V? Where would you rate capes? Oh, man. Uh, I'd have to get back to you on that one. Okay. I that's so, fine. So mentioning
1: Henry. Uh, oh. I was also thinking about Henry portrait of a serial killer, which is one of my all time favorite movies, uh, or maniac, yeah. which is like, that's like more my speed, I guess, as far as, uh, the depiction of like unsavory killers and like how I mentally imagine yeah. them. Ben is just like annoying and like, not, that doesn't reflect anything to me. Like you were kind of mentioning well, the Bundy stuff and I'm like, I don't know. Like, he doesn't, I talked about Bundy. Yeah, you well, you mentioned uh, well, yeah, you mentioned Ted Bundy, didn't you? Already?
2: No. Did, who is your famous killer? You mentioned then. I didn't mention any famous killer. Are you okay?
1: No. Are you having a stroke?
2: <laughs> I never mentioned any famous killer. No, but like a charismatic. Oh well, no, I just said like ser- like psychopath like yeah one of the char- or one of the characteristics of like people with okay who are psychopaths yeah, is like that they're s- super charismatic. Yeah, and that's like the Ted Bundy thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's yeah, yeah that's that's what I meant. Like you were, you were filling in the that. gaps.
1: Yeah, like you are talking about that kind of idea, and I am like, yep. yeah, but those people are like, I don't think they're this sort of like goofy. Like, I mean, like whatever. I am trying to talk about a comedy and like being, being disappointed. It, it is that it's, exaggerated, right? right? It's, it's super exaggerated in like a stupid way. Where I am like, is this like the sort of like I don't know? Can you make this material f- actually? F- Funny. And for me, it's just not like, I'm just like, eh, I'm, I, sure, I'm sure some people find it really funny, I guess, but I don't get like, I don't know. It's like, Hey, let's make a man bites dog. But instead of a serial killer, he's just, he is just a rapist. <laughs> oh what's what's the difference well, that it's sounds like, like a jared pick well is it though like what's the difference though like when someone well, probably has been I feel like there probably is like a Japanese anime that does this or something well like isn't
2: that. there that one thing called rape man or yep. is, he's a superhero right yep. yep where he has to rape yeah, people
1: he, he fixes uh bad women by raping them and then they go oh. thank you rape man Yep, that's a thing, and uh, I don't know. Sounds like a Jarrett pick but, again. I don't know. There's, there's there's a weird, like, stylization of serial killers well, that, like, this is a response to, I guess. Um, even, like, it's, you know, 1992. I mean, Silence of the Lambs is a year old yeah. uh, at this point. Uh, seven's, like, around the corner from this. And this kind of gets slotted into, like, that bigger picture. I, I, I do have a serial killer tag on my Letterboxd account where I keep track of these things. And you see that the trends come and go. It's like the, it's kind of like a lazy trope at this point, but people still love it. They love that stuff, but I don't know. know. This is is a unique way of depicting it, but for me, I just like, I don't think this is like, even like the, a great way of doing it. Like,
2: I think it could be done Mm -hmm. better, I guess. So I think like just to offer a counter to that a little bit is like, I think that I don't think he comes off as charismatic in the sense that the real true ones do but i think it is trying to be an exaggerated version of it where he's he comes off like charming enough but he's also just kind of a spaz asshole where he's like charming enough where i guess because he convinces these people to kind of go along with his things but it seems like they're already inclined to be towards it like they wouldn't just start murdering people on their own yeah if they weren't already a little bit like they're interested in it, but then that kind of like, there's a little bit of their stuff there where the one cameraman, Remy clearly feels bad about the stuff he does, but then he does it anyways. I don't know. Maybe that's intentional, but maybe it's not. Maybe it's just something that slips through. So he like, he has it a little bit, but then he's also the, the smart guy where he, he tells everyone how smart he is, which I find is like, especially in real life or like in movies, but especially in real life, Real life. Anyone who tells you how smart they are, aren't very smart at all. Like, and and I know that sounds obvious, but there's a lot of people, and especially on Letterbox, I see where people, they're like they're going on, and uh, it was like when we were talking about us a couple weeks ago, where there's people who are just like, if you don't like this movie, then uh, you're a racist and you don't understand metaphors because this movie has deep meaning, and it's like, no, I understand the metaphors in that movie. I just didn't think it was good. So it's like there are people out there that are like that obtuse about their opinions where it's like, no, this is how it is. And if you don't agree with me, you're like you're you're this other thing. And it's like that (laughs) person. Yeah. And it's just like, what? It's like, well, it's like that's an even more shallow take on things because you're saying that if someone doesn't like the same stuff that you do, then they have and like an inherent reason to like it or dislike it because they're either they're disliking it because it either has like a certain kind of people or certain theme to it. So he's kind of. I'm getting way off on here, but I have. Yeah. <laughs> uh, he he's kind of like. I think he has he, those. He's like
1: you're saying those that he's
2: things. like a letterbox reviewer that you disagree with. Yeah. Exactly. So well, that's what I mean, okay. where, where It's the guy who like uh. says says certain things, but then like when people challenge on him on it, he gets very like he's so defensive. Like when he's talking in the bar to the two cameramen, yep. and then he says something, and the one camera guy's like, "I don't really." He's like, "I don't really think that." And he's like, "Well, I wasn't fucking talking to you, anyways." He's like, "I was talking to Remy. I like Remy." So he he like does those things, but he is also he's he's a little unhinged, Jared. Uh What did you think about his uh, dead uh, baby boy racing games? Um, in the drinks, nah. With the olive and the sugar cube, I I didn't care because I, I don't I don't drink,
1: and I whatever the references are in there, it's just like, you know, I get it. It's, it's, they just keep saying I, they keep saying it because they're drunk, and it's like the gimmick, I guess. But I don't know.
2: Well, Jared. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> I, I have I have no opinion of that either. It's just um, I, I was really I was like, where did they get the string? I guess like the, <laughs> to tie the olive to the sugar cube. Uh, there's always string, RJ. What do you mean there's always string? There's, there's, where is there ever string? I don't string theory. If you looked in my house right now, I I would. I would challenge you to find even a single scrap of string. I I could pull a piece of string right off that hoodie. That's not what I mean and you know it. I'm not (laughs) talking about fabric, man. Is that what string is? (laughs) What are we talking about? I have no idea anymore. I I think the real takeaway here is that you and me are struggling to even talk about this movie. Not struggling but like, you know, I went on a tangent. You, you have. I don't know. I feel like it was somewhat connected. If you feel like it's not, Perhaps. don't comment. If you feel like it was, comment and uh, give us praise. Hey, RJ. why? Let's read about people who hate this movie. Okay. Uh, Other than you? Yeah, I
1: guess. Half a star from Kaylee. Okay. When watching movies like this, you must often ask yourself, was it necessary to make? Most of the time, the answer is no.
2: I think Kaylee's got um, all right taste other than Hereditary five stars and uh, First Reformed five stars. So those are a little upsetting. Oh, Raw five stars. Oof. But there are good movies in here. Oh, the new Suspiria five stars. Uh Uh-oh. Her her favorite movies are Videodrome, Requiem for a Dream and House. So that's cool, I guess. Hasu. Uh, half-star films include M- man bites dog uh last house on the uh, the left the original mm-hmm. chasing Amy so nice. uh, you and A- you and Kaylee get along quite well blue is the warmest color that one's weird and uh, bohemian Rhapsody cool how to talk to girls at parties fear and desire ready player one nice all right not yeah so bad. Uh, not, not bad. Not the, not the worst taste
1: just just over likes those uh yep. recent horror movies yeah that's all uh Trash
2: Dad? That's a that's a pretty rad name, I'm not going to lie. Uh half a star
1: feel very yep. insecure saying how much I think this movie sucked <laughs> wow oh uh, okay or at least the first 30 minutes not a shame uh, that they stopped making movies after this one yeah so that's one thing uh, so I don't know if you picked up on the fact that the, the three directors of this they're mm-hmm. in the movie them, themse- as themselves I, and, I
2: hadn't until you started talking and, and about their them.
1: and their names are the names of their characters and that's mm-hmm. all I think all the characters in this movie just go by their real names so it adds yeah. that level of uh, gravitas that what we you're watching is real RJ. It's really happening. It's not just a comedy.
2: <laughs> um, it's just like, Cannibal is, is that really gravitas? I don't know. So trash dad might be an abandoned account because they haven't logged anything in, uh, since February. Um, but they did give mile 22, a half star, which I endorse. Uh, and, uh, their five star movies are not bad. Videodrome again. Uh, some John Cassavetes stuff. Um, uh, Criterion things in general, mm-hmm. uh, and not a lot of ratings in, at all, to be honest. But there's only three one-star reviews: it, the remake, Benjamin Button, which you've already stated that you like absolutely hate; it's your worst movie ever. Uh, and then Zootopia, which is like weird. I don't know. I think I watched that. I thought it was fine. That's not great, but uh, I don't know if it's. Uh, I thought it was fine.
1: Like worthy. I don't know. Is it a bad movie? Mm, I don't know. Keep doing your thing. It's pretty pretty. It's kind of hack. Um, Finally, Christopher Bowen. He has has something to say. Half star. If this had come out 10 years later, posters for it would have lined up next to posters for boondock saints. And I would have (laughs) known exactly which dudes to be scared of in the dorm. The film takes too much pleasure in its own and v- its violence to serve as the satire against violence that it claims to be. But oh, is that glorification of violence the real engine of the satire? Is that the point? Well, no, not exactly. It would have it would have to be more exaggerated and artful, without the distance of the film within a film conceit for that to be convincing. Does the satire come from topping moralist expectations with sheer nihilism? Well, no. Because everyone gets what he deserves at the end, and the protagonist has a code that doesn't even make sense. Is the single-minded nature of the violence supposed to mirror the opaque, driven mind of the protagonist? Well, no, not exactly, because he does have different motivations and things he's trying to prove. Does the satire come from the glibness, no, not humor, never humor, with uh, which everyone treats murder? At first, although it takes on gravity as the peripheral characters get more involved, is it much more likely that the film is ambiguous because it has nothing to say and the filmmakers just thought it would be funny to rape and kill people? Well. Maybe. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, The one (laughs) only like kind of ongoing gag that is kind of funny uh, featured in the uh, podcast episode image is uh, Ben – taking bodies and throwing them off of like embankments yeah i uh, i
2: thought that was really funny. They're, they're
1: like real fake ass bodies too <laughs> like they're not body, yeah like, they're like not like they do not have the weight of a human body at all It's just stuffed wrapped mm-hmm. up but the fact that they always cut back to that and it's like that's like a, i guess a good gag that's one yeah. that i liked
2: but yeah. yeah i i liked that a lot i thought that was funny um so christopher bowes uh like some pretty good movies. The Apartment is one of their favorite movies, which I'm on board with. Lots of Criterion stuff, like High and Low, Autumn Sonata, O.J. Made in America. So lots of lots of those things, Jared. Mm-hmm. Uh, they also just uh, made a review of Avengers Endgame, which is four stars, which is a little generous, but I think I think the review is pretty funny. It says, "For a guy who grew up in the '30s, Captain America is pretty cool with gay people." Which is like funny because of, I guess, the contra or not even the controversy, but like the news articles that came out because of that. So that's that's funny. Uh, They're dislike movies. I, I think for the most part, we're OK with uh, except for there's one star for Hocus Pocus, which I'm not on board with. And then uh, what you just mentioned, they one starred uh, Henry Portrait of a Serial Killer. Ooh. So I don't know, take that as whatever you want to take it as. I, I, I don't know, Jared. They have a website, so if you, you're interested, you can go over there and talk to them about things. I'm good. Uh,
1: I like you're not, to, gonna, you're I not just, going to? I, I just like to talk shit about people uh, on a podcast they'll never listen to.
2: Should I comment on one of their five star review of the natural and say, you know what's a natural? The ass kick in your review just got on the Criterion creeps. Oh, no, they got a pretty good one. Yeah, they had a good review. Yeah. Yeah. Oh well. Oh well. Wow. Charlie Brown symbol uh avatar though. Nice. Mm-hmm. The mm-hmm. old yellow and black. Maybe you're yellow and black.
0: Hmm.
1: Do you any, know what I mean? Any last thoughts, RJ, about this?
2: Uh no, I think um I think you definitely dis like disliked it uh (laughs) (laughs) well no i was gonna say more than me but like i didn't even dislike it but i think it's what you guessed you're like i don't think you're gonna care and i was like i don't which i don't know if that's good or bad i don't think it's a great movie and i don't think it's a bad movie i'm just kind of like i'm right in the middle where i'm like whatever
1: yeah i guess for me it's just it's more of the it never really uh, connected with me in any way, so it was just kind of, uh,
2: which is weird because you do try. like to like kill people all the time, don't you? Just not don't. on the, just not on the podcast, you know? Don't you? What do you want me not say that? You can edit it out. Yeah, edit out that hard R from uh, the preamble. <laughs> nope. Oh no. Yeah. Oh no. Ne- you're never getting a job again. Well, I never had one before, so
1: after the break. RJ's reputation is getting rolled up Sent Mm. on down that river And me and My podcast crew are getting gunned down In an abandoned warehouse But who gives a shit
0: Good point my bets on
1: you become a serial killer what
0: mm-hmm.
2: would your MOB I will have an elaborate game of cat and mouse where they need to find all of the toilets that are plugged and then bring me Burger King or they'll die sounds like a saw movie it isn't uh, it's more just my everyday life hmm. hey did your toilet ever get unplugged from what I did earlier it's fine Is it, though?
1: There's some weird hairs in there now, but it's all good. Those aren't human. It's okay. You can email us at criterioncreeps at gmail.com and tell us the poor job RJ's doing here. Oh. (laughs) We've got a Facebook page. We're on Instagram. We're on the letterbox. I'm Jerick Duncan. He's Barnloaf. We've got a YouTube page. We've got a Patreon. We're on SoundCloud, Stitcher, iTunes, Google Play. Tumblr. (laughs) <laughs> I think we might have a tumbler. Okay. Uh, we might. Uh next week, RJ. What are yeah. we at here? One spine 166? Who fucking knows? Maybe. I don't Who even know. Who cares? Uh it is the return of Jim Jarmouche. But this time um, he's behind the camera. I don't think I'm gonna like this. As we watch his film Down by Law from 1986
2: I'm not sure that I'm going to be on board with this jerk
1: it's it's a prison movie it's black and white just like your favorite movie man bites dog
2: yeah but I don't know if I like Jim Jarmusch Jim Jarmusch Jim Jarmusch he's
1: he's really got nice hair
2: yeah but I mean if we're grading people on hair David Lynch is going to be the top of that yeah top of that totem pool for Mm -hmm. always oh for always but so what are we what are we even getting at here? I don't know. It's got Tom Waits, right? That's not bad. Oh, that's cool. Clawhammer himself. Yeah. Clawhammer. Yeah. You do you know that song? No. Do you know about Clawhammer, dude? No. I'm gonna go feed my cat. All right. Well, I'll see you later. I guess. Bye, guys. He's out home, dog.